Hello and welcome to this episode 51 of the Northern Invasion podcast. We are gathered here this evening, um, a time of joy and celebration because we're all together again. So um, you're joined by myself, Stu West. We have as ever, uh, Mr. Scott Smith, Dr. Scott Smith. Howdy. We have Liam Watt. Hello. We have Nathan Watts on. Hello. And then, if you can imagine myself and Scott uh, gleefully clapping on one side of a seesaw with the frowning faces of Nathan and Liam on the other side, the fulcrum in the middle, not sure whether he wants to dance with the narrative side or get filthy with the others, we've got Mr. JP Gannis. Hey, it's me. <laughs> so, there you go. <laughs> Excitement. I've, I've been thinking about that all day. I've been thinking, how am I going to introduce JP? There you go. That's what he is. He's, he's, he picked up at the last Northern Invasion, he picked up not only the badge of shame for Filthiest Army, but also a narrative award for his uh, for his Anvil of Apotheosis Heroes backstory. So well done, sir. Yeah, well, you know, just trying to live live the dream of narrative not just being uh, non-optimised. It's true schizophrenia. <laughs> it's 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 you, you've you, you've hit goals goals so so thank you very much uh thanks for joining us um yeah it's been a while a few weeks um but it's it times are tricky it's tricky to speak about stuff when we're promised releases for weeks on end and tournaments get cancelled left right and center but we've got a bit of a, a running order we've got some stuff to chat about and we've even got some questions but should we start with a hobby update? We'll start with a hobby update. Um, I'm, I'm going to go first then. So what have I got? Uh, I'm trying to think what I've done since last time. Uh, last time we were on, not a lot. Um, I've started on a, we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit more shortly, I suppose. Um, there's there's a couple of folk here up in Scotland running uh, some of these organised build an army sort of things. So we've got um two things we've got a slow grow army campaign which is one box of stuff per month until april when we've got a thousand point tournament uh, so i'm doing flesh eater courts for that so this month i'm building just three flares um which is fun so they're built and almost finished painting i've i've done everything i need to i just need to ink them now and then once i've done the ink they'll be done uh-huh and then uh, there's also uh, a starter box armies uh, thing. So I'm doing the same thing. Um, so that'll be a 2000 point one. I'm just throwing a couple of zombie dragons into the mix from that and a couple of Argolfs to summon in um, and using my uh, my dead watch with it. So I'm cheating. I'm doing the same army for both, but uh, should be okay. But for more information on that, we've actually got a, a, a special segment at the end of this episode um Sinky and uh David who are running it are uh, uh have, have done a little recording to explain it and I think it's geared towards people who are um uh, introduction to the hobby or people who want to get into it so so uh once you get past us if you manage to get past our ramblings um there's a section there at the end so uh give it a listen and and uh It'll give some more information on people who want to join in, maybe. Uh, but that's me, really. Hobby update. Um, 
my my without not being able to allow people into our houses to play games um it means that i've been playing fewer games unfortunately um so i'm just waiting for for us to be ruled a green area because we don't have we don't have plague um so that we can go back in each other's houses again um but but while you dirty dirty buggers down there still keep slavering in each other's uh mouths and beer glasses and whatever it is you're all doing to pass this plague about amongst yourselves uh we're, we're stuck on the islands having to stay on our own in our houses uh, but yeah that's me uh what about you scott no, not a huge amount really since last time been busy sort of working stuff but built a few bits and pieces nothing uh, yeah i'm looking at half built bustled on here that might be one of my <laughs> slow grow type things I haven't decided yet. I was thinking about maybe doing Night Haunt for the the really slow grow one, because um, by that time maybe uh, they'll be good again. I don't know. Maybe there'll be a new book out or something. That's the hope. Um, I've got loads of ghosts sitting in the loft, so they'd be a good lot to crack to paint on with. That, though. That's a lot to paint if you're doing one box a month, isn't it? Well, yeah, but then it's uh, it's going to be so slow that it might actually be okay. <laughs> it might suit me. Um, what, four black coaches? Four black coaches. Uh, I've only got one, unfortunately, but maybe there'll be the Christmas box set. Who knows? There's all these battle forces to come, isn't there? So that might be um, good to see what, when that comes. Um, I have been uh, getting an, another army to, to 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 GP, so he's uh, taking on a little project for me. So that's taking me up. That's taken a couple of days of my time. I'm got this week off, so that's been good. Had some time to play about with. With with a uh, sorting out my my hobby life, um, but nothing really substantial to report. Unfortunately, quite boring. There we mm. go. Okay, <laughs> are you going to give us any indication yeah. on what this this secret project is, or is it a secret for now? Oh, I'll keep it secret if for no other reason than than it's annoying. <laughs> okay, no problem, no problem. What about yourself, Liam? I've seen some pictures in the chats recently. You're back. You're back on the horse. Back what on the horse. Up to? On the wagon. Painting plague bearers is it as we speak? I'm nearly finished. Uh, Fifty plague bearers and a bellicor. Uh, got your KO. Just arrived yesterday. Oh, good, good. So that'll probably keep me busy as well. Yeah. Other than that, just play magic. Yeah, that's KO phase two. Um. Before uh, before he forgets his paint scheme, I thought I better get some more models over there. <laughs> oh, cheers for that. So uh, what you I, I noticed there's not just Nurgle though. There's been some demonettes there on the paint. Yeah, some demonettes, yeah, some demonettes to paint. So uh, is it Chaos Ascendant you're doing rather than probably, Nurgle then? Uh, further yeah. down the line, I've still got the Nurgle overall, but uh, probably Chaos Ascendant at the moment. I've got a cool model coming uh, that'll show off when it arrives, hopefully, at the end of this week and get painted on the weekend. Everyone's got That's secrets cool. now. Yeah, I've got a secret. I've got a secret uh, courtier. Uh, <laughs> they called courtiers. Yeah. Then player thinks, yeah, I, I, uh, I found something pretty pretty crazy. So that's going to be the centerpiece for my dead watch. So, yeah, it's exciting. Mm. Uh, okay, so... Uh, what about you then, Nathan? What have you been up to with all that time you've got? <laughs> Absolutely nothing. I've done no hobby at all. I built a Fate Master. 
conversion uh, vitamin. That was it. I've been busy with the university and real life. I've not been able to do anything. It sucks. Do you want to say that you have a secret? Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. If I say that I've got no secrets, then there'll be nobody saying filth. Mm. So, Sounds no secrets. To me like you're covering up for some sort of secret filth. I wouldn't do that. <laughs> what, what about for your slow grow come start collecting thing? Because you had some ideas for that, didn't you? Yeah, so that's obviously something I think I'll be able to manage. Um, I'm going to do Daughters of Cain, but it's going to be... I was initially hoping to get it done for Tempest, but I think I'm just going to say, no, it'll be, a, it'll be a slow grow thing and I'll get it done partway through next year. I, I just want to do like a fully... I want to base it purely on the narrative in the Marathi book. So it's mm-hmm. going to be based from the Umbral Vale, and I'm going to try and do like a whole table's worth of scenery and stuff like that to go with it. Um, and try and do like a nice paint job, take my time, not airbrushed and dry brushed. I'll be trying to push my painting ability, so it'll take quite a while. But the, the first bit I've got for that is just the the box for Underworlds, the, the new blade oh, right. coven. So yeah. that's basically a hag for the Daughters of Cain army with like a couple of extra models to protect it. So that's my my first box. And then I'm picking up some witches and sisters of slaughter from Sean, who has Jamie Ferguson's stuff mm-hmm. from way back in the day. Don't know if you remember, but he converted his sisters of slaughter to be like Amazon warriors with spears. They've not got the masks. Um, so I'm getting them and I'm reading a lot of classical literature at the moment. So I'm kind of, that's my jam at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> so it's Gorgon army, is it then? Yeah. In I, the like I want to do a lot of snakes. Snakes would be cool, but yeah. um, the, snakes with eyes. It's the it's the spears. Yeah, everything will have eyes. Although I might just <laughs> pop out and give them glowy eyes. I don't know. Uh, I've, I've got a, a a gorgon on my wall. Uh, I've just just outside my door here. There you go. A gorgon's <laughs> head. <laughs> nice. There you go. I got it. I got it. Lash. Last year or the year before when I was in Greece. Yeah, yeah. It's nice. <laughs> there you go, see? It's all I'll fun. need it for my table. Yeah. So, JP, what are you working on? I hear you've been given some stuff by someone. What is it you're painting? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, obviously, I've, got, I've now got transitive secrets. Um, my own uh, project I'm working on, though, is um, painting up trogs, getting some gits uh, on the go. It was a uh, sort of is uh, an army inspired by uh, basically just how cool uh, the Trogs models are. Um, not sure. I don't think I'm going to play pure Trogs. Um, partially. Not play the new battalion, though. No. Well, like the thing when I've, I've played sort of quite a few practice games, and when all when your whole army only moves six inches, like you just don't have. There's not a lot of options for what to do for either player on the thing like your opponent's like okay well if i'm outside of 18 Can't then you can't get to me and it's like okay so i'm just going to run my entire army forward and they can move back so it was just a bit boring and i have a bit more fun playing with like scrag rot uh mangus 
a big spider. So going to do a sort of a mishmash of um, of git stuff with about a thousand points of trogs and a thousand have points you, of. You, you're going to have the gobapalooza though, aren't you? I'm I'm gonna have the Gobapalooza <laughs> models. I'm probably not gonna have the Gobapalooza. The thing about the Gobapalooza is one, they were really bad to start with, and now they, because of the endless spell cap, you like that. The sort of good thing about them is you were getting really cheap wizards, but there's not really anything from the cast now that you can't bring more than three endless spells. So for now, with my points being filled up by trogs and stuff like that, I won't be taking them, but I will be picking up the models and painting them, and then can possibly build my gist collection to include a Gobapalooza based list. I think if you probably went a pure grotz or a mostly grotz based list, you might still be able to sneak the, the Palooza in there. But also their buffs only really work on grotz. And so I've, I'm going to have mainly trogs and stuff like that. So, but list bot says that day. you need them. Yeah. Well, yeah, part of the surely, thing is... Surely the next... Um, sorry, sorry I was going to say... Sh- Surely the next White Dwarf Battalion is going to be Gobapalooza based. It's got to be. <laughs> yeah, half of the Gobapalooza come back out of the Loon Shrine. <laughs> or twice as much, maybe. <laughs> Finally. Um, yeah, so that's, that's what I've been up to. Trog, Trog-related painting. Enjoying it a lot. Speaking of that, then, what would you like to be the next White Dwarf? Like, little update. What do you think needs it? Mm. Don't say something well, Ben. Spiders, I guess, is is the obvious answer. Um, oh, yeah. Just they, like they could do with the same little quality of life uh, stuff. So they're just working their way through that book, basically. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that's okay. Like I know some people have been, I don't know, have been like, oh well, you sh- should have just gotten the book right the first time. But like I think the the meta in Age of Sigmar, especially last year, right, moved so fast with so many new books that like. I think it's kind of nice that it's like, okay, well, we haven't given Gits a whole new book yet, but um, we've we've touched them up a little bit, so they're a little bit more in line with the power level of the game now. And it's not, you know, it's not it's not insane, like it's not an insane rework, but it means if you do play the faction, you're like, okay, my trogs can retreat and charge now, or like I can reroll movement on my whole squig army, which is a nice little nice little touch up. So I think it's kind of cool. Yeah. And GHB legal now as well. Yeah. yeah. Confirmed. So is that um is that a PDF that they've that they're gonna produce that you pay to download? Is that is that how I read it? Did I read it right? That hmm? the tomb is no, it the tomb celestial so. or something? Is it called where um they're saying that anything that's in that which is basically a reprint of all the white dwarf um battalions and whatnot? I thought it was just coming the way I read it was that you can purchase the digital copies of white dwarf so as long as they link you to the digital copy that has ah. the rules in it or whatever. That was, ah. that was my understanding. So I thought that there was a, a, a compendium coming called the Tome Celestial, which had them all in. I think the FAQ is the Tome Celestial with the... Um, yeah, that's what they call it in the White Dwarf, yeah. Yeah, but ah. I, I don't think, I don't think the, the document has all of the rules in it. All right, okay. So, so it's basically just saying that you can buy a back issue and then it's tournament legal. Rather yeah. than saying you can down, you can buy this PDF, which sort of like is a compendium. Because I thought they were going to do like one every year or something, which made them tournament legal. But ah, maybe they, I just read a bit too much into it. So they do like a an edition every year for Blood Bowl with all the the rules compiled. Yeah, they do, so. yeah, like the almanac, the the annual yeah. each year. You're not going to get these every single month, are you? 
No. Far, far. No, no. So there's maybe, maybe not a lot in there. Mm-hmm. I thought I think they've missed a bit there though, because I think if if it was a PDF that you could buy for like, even if it was just a couple of quid as a download. But, um, well, they, they might still do it because because they often the end of the year is when these things come out and they're totally unannounced, you know, for Blood Bowl and Necromunda yeah. and whatever else. But so they might just sneak it out there. It's or, not or there not, in, cause, cause it's it's not there in the app. Also, in some in yeah, it, in some ways maybe you want they just want to be like, okay, these things are legal, and without if they don't combine them all into one thing, it makes it less problematic when they have something to add to it. Maybe like or another yeah. tweak. Yeah, you exactly. will have to buy it. And then an FAQ comes up for a digital copy that they then yeah. won't just update for free. Yeah, it, it can sometimes, there's just, I think it's a thing that maybe GW struggles with right now is is like the logistics of, of paper-based books yeah. with um, a fast-moving rule set. I was thinking about this to, the definitely. other day. Is, how long has AOS been out now? Four years? Five years? Five. Yeah, coming on five. five. How have we never gotten a Legion of Asgore book from Forgeworld? in the entire time that they've only had one army in that set and they've just never given them even just like a 20 page book they give them that really digital pamphlet like was it two years ago but they've not really not a real army still not a real army what's well, the reallocated all the people hmm? i think they've reallocated all the all the people for a long time they didn't yeah. have um in fact I, I don't think they do have an age of sigmar team there's been like one Age of Sigmar model in the last five years, is there not? The, just the Stormcast head. And the, the dragon. Head, dragon. Yeah. yeah, the big the big corn dragon. Was like oh, there's that thing. weird demon ones that you were talking about for demon princes. Uh, die. No, the <laughs> That's corn ones. There's a lot of corn. They love yeah. corn for some strange reason. Uh, they, they were for the heresy, those ones, weren't they? Yeah, well, I think they were heresy. Yeah, heresy. But, the, but they, they looked... Kind of cool for Demon I Prince. thought they released the big Demon Prince guy, the big corn one. He had the shield for the hand. Oh, so yeah. Skarnak or whatever. Because he was supposed yeah, to be there was the... One. Yeah. Yeah, he, he was supposed, he was to, supposed be to be the, the Kadai. The Kadai, yeah. Yeah. Well. I just find it strange. I just find it strange for an army that costs so much money that it doesn't even have a a book no, in some the, of those, all the five years. Those Infernal Guard, are they called? The little... Uh... The little guys, they they yeah. were really nice models in the day, um, but no, I think it's just I think the 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 manufacturing process and designs moved on, hasn't it? And I think that the resin from there is just a bit of a thing of the past for AOS. Yeah. I don't know. 3D printing yeah. is going to be the next thing as well. I see. Yeah, Forge World going to 3D printing next. Yeah, my what? See if they can find if they can perfect it in get less blemishes i definitely think they'll go down that road my uh my special character thing for my dead watch is a 3d printed model from oh, some guy in spain that i got off etsy uh, so it looks pretty nice so yeah i think, I think it's inevitable <laughs> go ahead sir no i'm just saying they've really come on the models now they're not like they used to be where you could only really get away with Either something that was so low resolution that it looked almost comical, or something that was filled with lines so that you could really work out that it was 3D printed. Yeah, uh, they've really moved on now, and I think that the technology is such that they're almost comparable with the old, uh, well, at least with the old Minecraft stuff. I'd yeah, say, yeah. And the, the sort I'd of even look at Gary's stuff, like from his early stuff. Obviously, you did have some lines and that still, but I'd say his new, like his new trees compared to his old ones, are completely. Yeah, well, his, 
he's upped his technology as well, hasn't he? So the yeah. kit's better. Um, the kit comes on um, as it develops year on year. And then they have resin 3D printing. A lot of the stuff that you buy is resin rather than plastic as well, isn't it? Yeah. So, Thanks. It's a case that his imagination's been held back by technology. Some of the yeah. art stuff he does is insane. Yeah. <laughs> he's not a man of his time. His technology is uh, yeah. he's the Howard Stark of... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Well, hopefully he's filling his kids' brains with all his ideas so that they can <laughs> see it through. Probably just a facet of um, just having, like, a really great creative mind, right, is you're always going to be like, well, like, you're going to sort of adapt to what you can do, and then you're always going to be thinking of, like, well, this would be, like, that next level that you're not going to be able to do until, you know, mankind reaches the stars or whatever. Well, look yeah. at his ne- look at his neck, uh, his Nagat, well, death stuff. Yeah, the evolution from just the nat- the statue that I have to now that new gate, which looks absolutely beautiful. Yeah, uh, that's really some of that stuff is so cool. Oh, the stuff for me, I would actually like the gate to be filled so it blocked line of sight. But me, uh, again, that'll probably be the rules for this this year's scenery rules for when we get AOS three. Well, we've got some questions on AOS three. We've got some questions. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. Okay, then so news. Um, releases, well, we'll talk about Gargant specifically shortly. So is there any other releases, FAQs, or stuff forthcoming that we know about? Um, well, maybe we'll, we'll answer you, Scott, because you, you keep your eye on the uh, the release schedule and get your pre-orders in first. <laughs> uh, I don't know. There's not, I don't know, there's much else. on Saturday. Big reveal for... Warcry, Blood Bowl, and uh, uh, Underworlds. Do you think that'll be the release date for the like hell set? I'm assuming. Remember the yeah, last one they did. What? What the hell yeah. set? Yeah, I think the it's the stuff we've seen already, Warcry isn't it? Set. Yeah. Oh yeah. Do you think it'll be a box opening of that sort of thing, like but what they did? The catacombs where... stuff. Yeah, it's oh. all the catacombs. I was thinking it looks like that. it looks like we're getting Slangor. Oh yeah, and, and Underworlds. Underworlds. Yeah, so there's um there's the Underworld models. Under, what, Underworld Slang- box. Go on, let tell us what that is. Slanesh Gores, like Zangor, but for Slanesh. Ah, cool. So there's just one model, I think, because it's part of the Underworlds, but it could be a sign of them potentially getting a kit down the line. If you think back to Zangor, they came Five, in silver yeah. towers. Ninety of them. They were they <laughs> they were in the silver tower. Um oh, wow. mm-hmm board game kind of thing i'm still waiting for my tenembo shard army that would be the that's the only one uh, the box is slanesh mortals and obviously the the gore versus lumineth realm lords mm. so we might see some new stuff for both of them on saturday mm. well that's pretty good i'm sure there'll be a lot of people excited about that and also our good friend Richard Strachan's book comes pre-order yes. at the end of the month, from what he was saying. It is this month. He, he did give us a date. I think it's 24th, was it, or something? 24th or 29th. Ah, it's this month. It's this month. Yeah. Keep an eye on it, guys. Yeah. Um, and there is a, uh, an, a, there's there's a call for submissions at the moment as well for uh, <clears throat> horror stories from Black Library, I think. I've not got time to do anything this time, but uh, people should put that in if they can. Um, I think that that's uh, that's open until Halloween. Um, 
Yeah. The Maddox. So, uh, what about that? Any FAQs? I don't remember any actually. We've got. We were expect. There was an interesting post today from Ben Johnson, wasn't there? That on Twitter that was saying that there's going to be four weekly FAQs are going to be four week after release. So, to comment on that, I think that is maybe shining light on their like it was two week two weeks after release is what we were kind of used to, but. I'm almost sure. certain that the FAQ is written within days of the yeah. book's release, just to get it out two weeks from when the book comes out. Like they seem to have like a really protracted release process. So four weeks maybe gives them a couple of weeks after the book comes out to observe the yeah. WhatsApps and the, the the internet and see what people are coming up with and adapt to maybe what them and the playtesters have missed. So. It might just be because they're all home working as well just now, you know. It's, uh, yeah, I was I was wondering that as well. Everything's a bit more clogged up and face to face. But do you, you think that's the best way for it to be published in a random Twitter message to someone? <laughs> Probably not. No. Do you know what I mean? Like, would have not saved like a community page yeah. going, guys, we're changing our process for a while. Well, if if I imagine if the process becomes completely changed we might see a warhammer community article or something i think he might just be saying we're considering or something like that. i haven't seen it but again then technically right now their faq page which says there's a two-week window is wrong if you well, so, I, think you should, I think you should sue them William. <laughs> i'm not i'm not meaning that but it's it's a bit I think, why, why should i read a random obviously if whatsapp I, chats, then I don't think anyone would have picked up on that I think four weeks is more reasonable, though, because then it oh, yeah. gives the chance for a bit of feedback from third oh, parties rather yeah. than just the stuff that they've picked up themselves. Well, so I think I think that, uh, if you if you remember Zinch and Ko came out and then there was an FAQ immediately after Heat One to change yeah. Zinch, which was like uh, pretty quick. So there's obviously some room for them to uh, to you, navigate. Do you, I think, do you think they did change that from what happened that weekend, or do you think they just yeah, changed it? Yeah, because they, they sort they of did. wrote in it. They sort of wrote in it. That they were like, we hadn't thought of things like Battleshock. I literally think that was me, by the way. I think I'm the first person <laughs> who said you could um, ignore Battleshock modifiers. But anyways, um, they said, like, we hadn't thought of this, and then, and so we've changed it. But w- what I was going to say is the flip side of taking more time is if I want to play Guardians, right? And they come out, and I'm like, oh, I really like that I can kick objectives out of my own uh, deployment zone, and now they count for less points. You're like, oh, cool, but you know, maybe you don't want to build your army around that before the FAQs out. Four weeks can be is quite a bit longer than two weeks. Do you mean you think there'll be a loss of sales because people will be in a longer window of not knowing? Like, or do you think folk will still just buy? Because I, I don't even mean necessarily sales driven. Just it can affect how you're, uh, like, just how hype you are. Yeah. I was gonna say just how hype you buy your army. It might be sales. It might be the meta. It might be anything. But, like, if you're like, oh, I really like this list, um, so I'm going to build it, and then it gets FAQ'd. Kind of what happened to Lumineth with such a long window of release. I think everyone kind of went, meh. Yeah. Also, I think they can't get them on the table as part of that, I think, but yeah. Another example could be, like, say, you see a buff to give plus one attack to the shooting profile on skull cannons, <laughs> and you think, I really want to do a skull cannon army. And then yeah. somebody maybe yeah. that works for GW says, oh, yeah, like you can give plus one attack to skull cannons. <laughs> and then this is what the words say. Mm. To not do it. 
well, yeah, yeah. So it just turns that from a two week waiting period to a four week waiting period, right? Like, I don't think there's any like again. I think we've seen lots. If you've been around the block for ALS, you're like stuff has come out in War Scrolls that needed to be immediately fixed, right? We saw it with the Nurgle Demon Prince command ability. Everyone was like, look, this is exact. This is what it says. Like, I'm not misinterpreting. And it was, I think, half the people there were just like, look, it's gonna get FAQ just not intended. Um, so do you think now in the world we're in, it would have been totally fine? <laughs> Yeah, this well, is the problem. Not, I think that's I a problem think with UFQ things in the order they come out. I think that's a problem also the way the FAQ they don't they don't I don't think they review old uh, FAQs when they kind of do their annual big FAQ update. I think they should maybe go back and go actually Kim what that actually doesn't need if, if well rewritten anymore because sure. what, what the meta is now actually copes with it. It's kind of I think I think from a thing magic sort of, sort of side of it. Probably one of the toughest things about uh, balance and things of that nature in Age of Sigmar is just that it's not just about keeping the rules like as healthy as possible, as fast as possible. There's a lot of merit, because it's, especially because it's a tabletop game, to keeping things working the same way. So you might be like, look, okay, um, you know, Flesh Eater Courts, they don't need, Crystal Gore doesn't need to have the points increases it's got as well as the nerfs. But then you change it and everyone's like, well... You know, it just adds to the amount of things that you've got to keep track of, which is easy for us because we we play the game all the time. You know, we're in the WhatsApp groups. But for a lot of people, they're like, oh, I'm going to a tournament. You're like, I remember there was an FAQ, but now there's a second FAQ that removed the first FAQ. And like, you've got to a little bit be like, it, there's merit just to not changing the rules for the sake of keeping the game the same, I think. But then like, look at like Slanesh. Slanesh probably got hit the hardest. Yeah, they got hit. The last hard. general's handbook because they already had two two hits on them. They lost all the items. They lost their depravity being the same way, and then they got a points increase even before they hadn't been seen play yeah. for about six months at that point. Because again, <laughs> yeah, the, big that, the that general's was, handbook is probably yeah, the, the lag. Points is, the points is a problem, yeah, because it's based on what happened last year, and obviously it's not really at the point they do the GHB would probably not be the that's just, yeah. I, I think they should just go to digital points. I don't think they should have a physical copy. I think that's the point. That's um, in the points. I think we're yeah. going to get that within the next two years, 100%. It's not even just an issue, though, with digital points, right? It's an issue with physical models um, in that if you're like, okay, we'll, we'll, if, the, if GW are like, we're going to a fully live model of points, so like every, you know, it might just be every Wednesday, you're like, oh, look, okay, we've made small changes to the points cost of things. That's sort of often how like online games and stuff work, you can't change your list that fast. If you're like, if they're like, oh, we've decreased the points of ghouls by 10%, or, you know, you're like, can I buy another box of ghouls before my tournament on Saturday, before my game on Sunday? Do I want to? And so I think, again, it's just, we live in an age very much where, like, that is how uh, game dev and competitive esports and stuff are done, like 100%. And I agree with you in terms of if we were just playing... Uh, you know, tokens, paper tokens, that would be really good. I, but I don't mean that just stuff runs up I, into the loft. <laughs> yeah, well, that just I still opens the loft, pulls it out, and you have to update them like every week. I still just think. Ah, uh, yeah. It's yeah, really yeah. annoying that I pay 25 to 30 quid for a boot. I, I think we're in a. Points are, we're the in points a are no longer like, legal a week later because 
of I, I think we're in a much better place than we were for Warhammer Fantasy Battle and the early days of AOS. And the points think, never changed back then until you got exactly. Five, six and years and later. so you ended up with a broken. You ended up with a broken box that was broken for seven years. Yeah, or you ended yeah, up like with David, a which had like a, for... an edition out of date. Mm-hmm. I, I think we're in a good or place. Or Rudolph's was two editions. Or Bretonians was three. You can always improve on anything. Anything in the world that gets made or that gets run, you can always make it better. And I think maybe we're a little bit spoiled um, because we're all shouting out for improvements. And, you know, we have to acknowledge the improvements we've already had. So, so yeah, I think it could be better. But just play shit old armies that don't get any love and it doesn't matter. That's what I'm doing. I'm playing Nurgle. <laughs> time will come you're gonna you know you know what's happening yeah you're yeah. gonna have it just ready just as the new book drops and then you're just gonna be there ready to go like, pulling the they'll, you know what they do they'll release a new model and it'll be like 100 quid which is the problem everyone has at the moment and it'll be broken and it'll be like oh yeah play 10 of them that's how i've, I've got an idea for pricing what do you think of this guys i was thinking this through while i was eating my uh my tea i think that this is this is the way, right? And they can have this. They can have this for free. <laughs> uh, right, every army should cost five hundred quid, four hundred pound uh, with the the independent retailers discount, yeah. And you should just pay um, ten pound for a hundred points. So a pound for ten points per model. And then every year uh, to get repointed in April after the financial year ends. And uh, they set the points for the next year, and that also sets the prices. Then nobody pays more for for an army than anybody else. And if you want to buy a three-model, massive, stupidly pointed army that costs you hundreds of pounds per model, nah, that's fine. Yeah. Or if you want 500 skeletons, whatever, uh, there you go. That's that's the that's the happy medium. How much do you think the points cost affects like the the modeling sculpting process? Well, I don't think it matters. Not at all. I don't think it matters. I, I just think that we, we just deal with it. It's all profit nowadays, stuff that's been out for hundreds of years that we're still dealing with. So so there you go. It's it's just it's a bold so, new but, world. Would, so if but if it was always ten pounds for a hundred points, would wait. Well one pound <laughs> for ten points. Don't, 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 don't pick it too closely. Think out no no, do it. Six that pounds for a can right. That is a bargain. How many did you buy, JP? You, you could even start to convert them into um, them stupid things that everybody had 30 of in every unit. Grimgasts. Yeah. You could Why just would you? Grimgasts are cheaper. Well, exactly. <laughs> but you could you could do it with can rates because they're only £6 each. How much would a, a Mega Gargant be? A little cheaper. They'd be too cheap, actually, wouldn't they? I think we need to work on this pricing. <laughs> <laughs> Also, you'd introduce a direct uh, conflict of interest in the uh, in the points team. Oh come on! You saying that that doesn't already exist? I, I I can't imagine it actually really does. I think it's no. The insider no. trading. I, I think that we should though. I think if you say that five hundred, if everybody expects to pay four hundred quid for a two thousand point army. If you want bent summoning and stuff, you have to pay extra for your armor, obviously. But uh, but there you go. You just you just do it by points. Simple. I still think I think making summoning freeze probably still the worst thing they ever did. 
It hasn't yeah. had any effect on the game. I swear, like, aside from Sanesh, what summoning armies have been good? Gits, running amok with their free stabbers. Uh, Sylvaneth, destroying the meta. Zinch are not summoning army. Leech is a Nagash. Stormcast Eternals. Do you remember when they used to bring back a unit? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just mean in recent memory. On the 5-up. So the last year. <laughs> yeah, like 100 years ago in, in AOS terms. True. In, general, <laughs> the best armies, in general, the best armies haven't been summoning armies. Well, I would say... Do you think if we didn't have a plague, Seraphon would be like breaking the world right now? Uh, they'd probably be no. pretty. Yeah, they're, they're still I doing still the best out of any faction. Um, but I don't think they're as good. I don't think right now the the disparity between the best armies and everyone else is as I think it's very small compared to how it has been. Yeah. Okay. So this this is a good segue then, so we can go into what's good and why. Because then we can just focus on one thing that's good. Plague bearers, I think. <laughs> All right, go on, then you're first. Go on, hit us with it. Well, I think right now the best things are uh, Seraphon and KO, probably the two best armies. Um, and uh, I don't think there's... I don't, I don't actually think they're uh, particularly out of line compared to, say, um, like uh, previous metas we've had. I think I, I was actually looking at this with Nathan the other day, and... The sort of gap between uh, the haves and have-nots of Armies of Age of Sigmar is just consistently getting slower, uh, smaller, sorry. Um, and it makes sense, right? People have, like, when we had the Nagash and Daughters of Cain meta, we still had, like, Iron Jaws, whose only allegiance ability was move D6 inches in the hero phase or something. Where now everybody has their books. So I think everybody's a bit closer, a bit closer together. Um, I know that people have. Uh, a lot of complaints about Seraphon. It's hard without the tournament scene being totally active to see. Um, I know both Seraphon and KO have shooting, which isn't very fun, but I don't think they're good because because they're shooting particularly, but just because they've got a lot of a lot of tricks, a lot of stuff that makes them a good army, and sort of someone's got to be at the top. So I think they're the best, but not by not by that much. Okay. So what about you, Liam? What's good and why? What's good and why? Can't say Belcor again, can I? I'm not allowed to say it. Yeah, yeah, say it. If it's yeah. still good, tell us why. Belcor is still good. It's a model that controls the game. Most armies have a unit that they require to do a key thing, turn one or two, and he shuts it down. He's also mean to rend. And also has quite a good spell. In there you go. And he's a badass. He just needs a new <laughs> model. Yeah, he's looking just, a bit small nowadays, isn't he? It's like it's like the scar brand of sleep and darkness. <laughs> All right, you Scott. What's good and why? I'll tell you what's good, and it's uh, the the wee gadget thing, the Citadel spray stick. Oh yeah, yeah, I like that. <laughs> I, I tell you what, it, but I I like it. Oh, I I mocked it maybe privately to myself. I was like, oh, I'll never buy that. And then I thought, oh, actually, I'll maybe give that a wee shot. It does feel a bit decadent, you know, you're you're spending whatever it is, 15 quid on a bit of plastic with some rubber bands on it. feels like the kind of kind of last days of Rome decadence. You, when a, a, you know, a, st- a stick might do the job or, or just holding a model in your fingers might do the same job. But it's, uh, no, it's really good. It's, um, can't really fault it. It, it I think uh, you, you don't quite get the, like, if you know what I'm talking about, it's a kind of, 
it's like a it's like, it's like a panel beating thing, you know. I mean, you could, a big massive stick that looks like something uh, out of the Dark Ages. Yeah, you could a you big could plastic you could, uh, beast. You could have some fun with it, I think, you know. Um, <laughs> behind closed doors. Uh, <laughs> I worked with, uh, with GW for a while, and I know that the the prototype was in fact just a a stick. So <laughs> <laughs> that's what I mean. It does feel decadent, but um, it. It's pretty good. It's, it's sped up my my priming skills, but I, I think it doesn't quite cope well with anything on a stick with the same. To be honest, is you, you can't quite get the underspray, the kind of underneath. You know, if they're sort of bending over yeah. forwards, you know, you kind of miss the chest bit. So I, I did a bit of top up spraying afterwards. But um, uh, I, well, I can tell, I can tell you, they are working on mag technology for the next one. It's going to cost about fifteen grand, and it's just going <laughs> to have the models hovering about an inch. <laughs> Off of the stick, like so it's going to solve that problem for you. Electromagnet. <laughs> yeah. uh, I've, I've got a You throw the model in the air and spray it as it falls. <laughs> doesn't matter well, how I, you do it. I always just come back inside and I'm like, wait, I somehow did not spray any of these models from the left. <laughs> well, I, I generally used to always spray mine inside. And since I became a, a middle-aged bachelor, that was fine because I just had a yeah, room. I thought, well, fuck fine. it, I don't care if I spray shit in this room. I'm going <laughs> so to decorate this room gradually grey. Well, that's it, and I didn't really think about it. But then Secret Santa got me a pray, uh, a, a pray stick. Got me a pray <laughs> stick. So I've Jesus. been praying every day. No, he got me this spray stick. So I thought, and I'd never thought about it. I'd always thought, that's a fucking joke. That's a waste of space. But then I got it and I thought, well, I'll give it a go. And I thought, oh, yeah, it's quite good because it's got all these like bits where you hook the elastic bands around at sort of like inch um, increments. But then if you've got a bigger base, you just take one or two of them off. And the idea is that you just sort of slot them in, don't you? And it holds it rigid. It's pretty good, but, Mike. You know, it's like it, it is. It's quite revolutionary. Um, I, I, I've really enjoyed using it. Do and, you know, you know it, it draws all the children in as well. When I'm when I'm out on the pier spraying. <laughs> I've had uh, children run away from me holding a stick. Wouldn't that be more than... Well, I'm, I'm there with my big spiky <laughs> stick in my slippers. When you're out, uh, you're out praying and spraying. Yeah, praying <laughs> on the pier. <laughs> Gather around, no, children. All I heard was praying and children. Um, praying <laughs> doesn't get much better, to be honest. Yeah, I'm like Grampus. <laughs> no, it's... Uh, it's a it's a good little thing. Tell you how I'd improve it. I'd have the handle halfway along the bottom of the base, so you could so almost you could spray all your arm as well. Yeah, you could you could you could rotate it yourself, or or it could even be uh, rotatable. You just have it rotating. Yeah. Like a, like a, Here's a question. Yeah, <laughs> just just you, whack like it in pottery. Do you wear gloves yeah. or not? Kind of a trigger. <laughs> gloves. Yeah. No, I don't wear gloves to spray. You no. can do. Di- I, don't I do. Wear gloves. I, I do. enjoy. Um, I mean, my hands all covered in paint afterwards. Yeah. That's a nightmare. Like, if you like, Unless trying, you spray like, like brown. rubbing the shit of your hand when you're it's really bad. just trying to take it off. When I did the um, Sylvaneth and I was using the army painter sprays, the leather brown, I never minded getting spray on my fingers when it was black and white. But when you got to the stage where you're turning up a goddess with all brown fingers, it looks like you've lost like a total inability to wipe your ass. You can use it to cover that up. So yeah, so so I think that the spray stick stops it looking like you've shit on your hand. Um, uh, so, yeah, so is that, is that I just wear gloves like normal people. Use? Yeah, I do wear a glove as well. I, I get Michael Jackson up a, a single glove. Yeah. <laughs> is it is it sequined, bejeweled? <laughs> no, it's uh, powder-free nitrile. Stop. 
I've got a serious question here, actually. Uh, Liam, mm. um, you, you bought a new airbrush the other day. I just bought a cheap one. You yeah, did, yeah, fine. but you you mentioned a mask. And I think that me spraying for the last however many decades indoors and breathing in the fumes may have may have uh, had a problem <laughs> had some kind of contributing factor to the asthma I suffer from. So what what sort of mask do you recommend for airbrush? It's a it's a filter and then the cotton and the filters and you look like you Yeah. So it's a free like M one I got. And it's a filter one, mm-hmm. and it's it's a small particle filter uh, yeah. mask. I was looking it at just stops the it. just stops the paint in the air going in your lungs. Like you say, so, yeah, asthma's a, a perfect example of what you can. There was some on Amazon Prime on Prime Day this last couple of days. I know that some people don't like Amazon, um, but I live on an island, and Amazon brings me things I need. <laughs> we all live on an island. It's true. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. Technically, everybody <laughs> lives on an island. No man is an island, eh? No. Uh, but Amazon, whilst maybe um, some people don't like them, um, are a bit of a lifeline service to some of our more remote, rural, and island communities. Well, no, because uh, islands take three or five days. We don't like that. We want Prime. We want next day. Well, most most places though don't even deliver to us. So, I mean, I've been buying stuff recently, and you know, we can't, we don't have the the benefit of being able to just go to a small independent retailer because they use stupid couriers that don't want to deliver to the islands. You say that I can't even get deliveries in Aberdeen from suppliers. Think about mm. that. I go, mm. I call a company in Leeds, and they're like, mm, it's a bit far. And you're like, well, not really. <laughs> I'll pay the five hundred pound to get it. I'll come and even collect it myself. No, we don't don't provide a service the the north of Scotland, the Highlands. You're like, well, we're near the Highlands. A lot yeah. of places are classified by Aberdeen as the Highlands as a shop. Yeah. This sort of stuff it grinds, grinds my gears at work. This is my. But particle filters, I think, because I'm hoping to start with an airbrush because I have got one, a shit one that I got from Lidl. Um, I was. That's what thinking... I use. That's, well, my one's not from Lidl. You could get an airbrush from Lidl. Yeah, yeah, it's got a, it got a compressor and it's, a, it's, an it's, it's German. It's called a Ichnacht, probably something like that. Middle uh, uh, Apologies to our German listeners. <laughs> I've heard the German language. Do you know that? Our, do you know uh, our uh, third um, most popular nation for li- for watching the YouTube channel is Germany. Wow, wunderbar. That's yeah. quite scary, Stu. If you. Well, if you think about that. Well, I, think I know. Might have spitzen, but, uh... And our and our, our first most uh uh. The beer drink my words you? aren't working. The the person the the nation that listens most is now the states. They've they've overtaken the UK by a considerable amount. There you go. So there you go. I yeah. always try and watch your I videos think... and I end up falling asleep. I, I, that's, I just that's okay you know, I, I because that gets that. our that gets Get our views. minutes viewed up. So <laughs> fall asleep more often, folks, because uh, <laughs> leave it running in the background because it makes it look like you're interested. Hopefully not Trump voters, though. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not allowed to speak. Now, now, politics is a... a well, to be honest, you guys were just talking about wearing masks, so <laughs> we're not, we're not going to get political, are we? <laughs> oh. So there you go. Anyway, so where were we up to? What's good and why? Um, 
what's good and why nathan um supporting your friendly local game store why it's important because if (laughs) it's important because if you don't they'll close down yeah east cobride shop just closed down on sunday was that the Um, one the gw one yeah it's not not an flgs but still um their lease was up and it wasn't economical to renew obviously there's a lot going on at the moment for businesses renewing leases and stuff anyway but if the shop was performing really really well i would imagine that they would have kept it open kept it open yeah so it's kind of opened my eyes a little bit i think i'm gonna spend an extra 30 40 quid on order and just mm-hmm. get it local in future instead of just yeah. going for the cheapest because it's yeah. gonna be hard for these shops yeah it's why my gargants uh are coming via my local store up here yeah um rather than um getting it at a significant discount and getting it shipped up from one or two big internet companies based south um if we if you provide the the business to your local store then there's more likelihood that they'll keep going so yeah i totally agree with that i just think that our community is so hinged around common ground yeah like we never really buy anything from common ground i'm guilty of it myself i've bought very little yeah. from common ground speak, I always speak buy, to yourself i've got a box of metal croak raiders yeah like, behind I, me. Thing, like i've got a couple of battle tools i've had a couple of boxes oh, i i buy a board game every time i go all my army painter paints we should all maybe oh, it's really good we should all look at tournaments maybe costing as much as we can afford extra and all yeah. supporting Steve. It'd be good if he could uh, yeah. get on board and take orders and stuff. I think it would be yeah. good. Well, it, it will weakness, do it. Isn't it. It's the getting hold of it. It will do it if you phone If we show him that we're willing to, to put orders in regularly, I'd imagine he'll adapt his service and he'll, he'll work on communication stuff and making things easier to get to reducing the barrier to get something close for the two weeks isn't it i think if people if people actually follow through and pick up and pay for what they've asked for as well it'd help um because there's quite a um, backlog a history of people saying they want things um and then not rocking up and picking it up or changing the mind so because it's not a, a web store where you pay up front I think that people have to be mindful that if they're getting somebody to commit to buying something, um, they need to uh, they need to follow through. Other side the coin. Other side the coin. If there was a web store, um, exactly. Yeah, yeah. He'd make think, a lot more right. guaranteed. You know. Yeah. Even if the discount's not as big as other places, then you know, I'd, I'd buy more from <clears throat> from Steve if yeah. it was um, available online for sure. Oh, definitely. Um, well, I'm, I'm sure he'll be looking as well. at it. So again, if he did that on his website where he uh, mm. gave you a discount. I'm sure he'll be cards, looking at it. And the longer this goes on, longer this goes on, the more likely um, companies like that are going to are gonna change it. A little bit Hopefully they stick at it and make the effort to change it. Well, one of our local businesses closed the store for the conceivable future. You went to theirs, ABZ Games. 
yeah. obviously when I've run my events, yeah, they've closed. Have they? Yeah. Uh, it's tricky at the minute, so hopefully people do all right and they come out the other side. There's one opening in Falkirk. Like, I think it was meant to open in October, but it's now opening November. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. um, I think he's, like, one of the previous local GW managers or something to the area, uh, Vaz or something. I think he's known. He's opening a, um, an FLGS. Yeah, brief move. Yep. Well, again, you're getting these bounce-back loans and that. Again, they're still throwing money at new businesses. Yeah. Uh, Unless obviously he's got the money himself, but again, they are still throwing money at businesses, which... It's good if you get the location, isn't it? You need the location, that's the main thing. I'd love it, mate. I'd, I'd love to, uh, to to do something like that, but um, yeah, you need you need the to be good central space, and you need to be accessible. I still don't understand why there's not a bigger store in Dundee. Anyway, so there you go. Uh, oh, what's going on why from me? Oh, I've been thrown now. Now you've said that about the spray thing. Do you know what I? I'm going to change my mind from what I was going to say, and I'm going to say the the scraper, the mold line remover that Citadel do. Do you know the one that's got like that red handle and the the thing? It's... Red handle. Mine's brown. Oh, maybe it's brown nowadays. I've got two, but. They've slightly changed now. They're a little more lightweight now because I bought one for Arwen for um for doing a lumineth and stuff because uh, they bloody need them for that stupid bloody kits. I've never seen mold lines like it. But anyway, uh, that's by the by. Um, that th- that scraper is phenomenal. It's so good. It's stuff you would have filed in the past and took a while dealing with. It just how does it like how does it actually like remove mold lines because it just well, like, well, it just scrapes it's just it not, it's, yeah it's not sharp so it doesn't cut into the model which is obviously no. the problem when using a scalpel not, or a yeah. stanley you know but yourself you You'll, find that you get 90 95 of the lines off without the need of a file when you get close to the detailed bits because it's quite chunky you yeah. do need to get in and just finish it off but uh, it's so good it's so fast mm. i love it do man you, you just uh, do you not use a hobby blade no, I ended up. Uh, I I find it a lot better than a hobby blade. Um, you drink a hobby, and you know you have to watch I yourself. Both because yeah, I think I got one as a stocking filler, but I don't think I've ever used the GW one more than once. Oh, I love it. I absolutely, honestly, I think it's probably the tool I use. There's a couple of things that they've produced that, uh, yeah, once or twice, like that um, the one that you put the texture paint on with and stuff. Ah, yeah, they're I, terrible. Just, just terrible. Uh, but the there is something. Tool. Honestly, if if I was going to recommend to anybody to buy something, that'd be it. It speeds up assembling models so much. I love it. it is, I love it. It's just the Tempest uh, combat gauge with a handle. That's all it is. <laughs> yeah, it's just a process. Still got a few of them actually laying about. Uh, get good money for them nowadays. No, I, I think there you go. That's good, and that's why I I like that. Um, so there we go. Gargants, okay, mega gargants. And also, all of the um, the show listeners know who on the podcast is a corporate shell for GW. Scott and Stu. I would just <laughs> like to sell this uh, tool, scapel tool. <laughs> so Stu would be your accent there. Uh, well, you know, if I don't like something, I'll be the first to say. 
You just said but, you didn't like the Luminif models there just due to mold lines. I think that those mold lines, that is ridiculous, right? If, if you've got a, a cast that's 12-year-old and you're still pumping out models from it, I can understand that there might be some issues for cleanup. But with a brand new, brand new boxes that have just come out, there's no excuse for that quality. That quality was shocking. I've said this before as well. It was the first army I bought my daughter to build herself. The one she wanted, she chose it. And then the mess, the the extra time you have to go to to clean up those mold lines. Maybe you're just uh, mad at your daughter, not the mold lines. (laughs) Because the thing is... I, I would be if it was if it was her doing, but they're <laughs> shocking. I don't know if you've built any. No, no, no. They they are terrible. Uh, it, it is. They should hang the hedge in shame. Because oh, I thought you were going to say you should, they shouldn't should be released. <laughs> made the model. <laughs> That's where oh, I thought that was going. Hang him from the Stormcast Liberator at the front of the. Oh, I, I think that uh, the quality control have let themselves down there because. Whether they've made that somewhere else or somebody else has uh, has has been in charge, I don't know what. But but that stuff, I've not seen mold lines that bad for 20 years. It is really bad. But anyway, there you go. Shame on you. Shame on you. That's, that's what Stu thinks. <laughs> but Gargans, let's else? hope that there's no mold. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah. But no, that that's only with. I mean, well. That's mainly with the Dawn Riders. Uh, but we're still talking about this, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, Mega Gargants, they won't have mold lines. Surely not. They look to slot together quite well. Well, they look all right. I've I've ordered. I've ordered one. Um, I, I wouldn't buy them as an army if my, for me. but I'm only having two. Um... I'm going to go with the two Megas, a yeah. unit of three um, of the little fellas, and then three singles. I think that's what uh, people, some people have been saying. Is there is a really good build for them? Ah, yeah, I, th- I think I think that's that's what I'd like. It I'm also building looks, the, seems like it looks cool. I'm building the Gatebreaker first, just because um, I've got I've got a an idea for uh, using it in a death army, so. More secrets. Yeah, secrets. But that'll be that'll be in the the next YouTube battle report. Well, not the next one because there'll be more before than this this one set for next week. Um, but but yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna get it on the table. Uh, the gate the gate breaker one. I think. Well, I mean, I'm probably not the best to speak about it competitively. Um, because I I just look at the shiny shinies and think, oh, that'd be good to do this. But there's certain things. There's certain elements of certain models that I like and the idea of the rules. And there's other ones that I think are a bit underwhelming. Um, but I maybe turn around to yourselves first because because you guys have probably had more of a, a thought of it in terms of as an army or as as an ally. But am I right in thinking from what you've read or heard that they only count as the yeah not for models allies. if they're part of Mm-hmm. Uh, Correct. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, in my um, death army, my gatebreaker is going to be just one lonesome guy, which is a bit of a shame. Um, but that be... the idea to push you to play them as an army, is it rather than? Oh, just keep like 
It just means I, I don't think I think mercenaries are often like a novelty, yeah, a for fun option, right? And you there's it's a bit it can be high risk. Like if you make them thirty five models, even if they don't slot into anything now, you've kind of got to consider that every time you release the an future. army for the rest of time. Yeah, it's a good introduction though, because you it, said- it gives you the you don't have to buy a full army all at once. You can just buy the first one and use it. Although you're not getting the best out of it. JP said to me the other day that it's um, a really good way to to make a strong tuned army bad or worse if you want to like play against someone that maybe isn't capable of taking on like a, a fully tuned army. So if you want to like weaken your army a little bit, I thought that was a pretty good point. Yeah. If you wanted to take a merc, like if you're rocking change host or something like that. And that's like the army that you've got, and you've just got change host, and you're going to be playing somebody's trog army. Right. Could you not just mm-hmm. play it without <laughs> the change host and play under points for them? Yeah. You're still playing 2,000 points. <laughs> you, so. you could probably dilute your army a, a, a bit a bit better, though, for, uh, for 120 quid or whatever they cost. Yeah. Uh, well, it, by it, doing you can sort else. of use a Gargan in any. That's what I mean. So for just like you're like okay i've got change host but like even if if in general you play highly tuned list not that anyone here does from my experience but um uh if you in general you play high tuned list you can be like well i can always tone down my list with a gargan like with the same gargan i mean i know they've got different rules for the different the uh, different mercs for the different kinds but like in general you can be like so oh, are you pretty- talking about in club games and things yeah so yeah yeah they smashing your mate yeah you can be like okay i'm going to play you don't just Smash people are leaving friendly, and that's that's strange. Not for me. Everyone's an enemy. That's how you play. Everyone's a victim. There are some models. I think yeah. that we've kind of got lost in the the battle tome and the the rules. Yeah. And nobody's really taken the time to just fully. I think maybe they did appreciate the models like a couple of months ago when we all got to see them. But by oh my god, they are incredible models. Yeah. When I saw the price, I did look at, and I know Mish Minister Min, uh, uh, Miniatures did their uh, their Gargant sale, and they had some nice looking models. But I looked at the heights of them uh, versus just... the heights of the Mega Garden, and they're nowhere near comparable, really. Mantic um, do one that is slightly bigger. I'll send a photograph of it into the chat and just look it up. Um. And it, it, it's a nice model. It's 25 quid. It's uh, obviously a lot cheaper, but is not on the same level oh. as the the one that GW have done. Like it's 25 quid. Yeah, I know. Like I'll send it into the chat now. How to how to do a podcast? Some of those Mercial ones are a lovely looking, but the scale's just not quite right. So if you look at that one, um, that's bigger than the Mega Gargant, although the photographs okay. maybe don't make it look bigger, but it is uh, it is not the same level of model as those Mega Gargants. They're insane. Yeah. Down to the, the skin texture. Yeah. I mean, it's, I don't know. I think that people aren't giving it the credit that's due just because the rules maybe don't seem as great as everybody was expecting. It's just hard uh, when, again, they're n- you're not seeing them on the table, right? That's the big yeah. thing that's happening right now. Is, And I think I think you see it in sort of the general feistiness of the community 
in general is people like it's hard you spend in general you already spend so much more time thinking about warhammer than playing warhammer and i think a lot of times you see it manifest when people are like oh i could how could i ever play you know my army into daughters of cain you know i could never win doesn't matter the battle plan doesn't matter the day of the week and it's because you know you're just sitting there you're imagining all the ways your opponent could beat you and they're never going to fail any of your dice rolls and you're never going to make any of your nine inch charges etc etc and so i think that can be amplified right now and maybe but, has been a bit of a downer on the gargant's book but one of the things that as sort of like uh, people who've been around the scene for a while what you see is that if there's something that needs to be sold if it's underwhelming you can guarantee at the next general's handbook it'll get a bit of a refresh either through points or some kind of tweaks that'll make it more competitive so if these really don't perform and there are some shortcomings and there's one or two things that from me reading the rules i think that instantly i'd suggest changing um those are easy tweaks that could be made that um that that take them up a tier or two or at least a level or two within a tier but um the the thing is it's an investment for the future they're only going to get more expensive to buy but the points <laughs> are going to get cheaper so That's think of it brain. that way folks That's you know they're never That's... gonna they're never gonna cost less than they do now but they're gonna get yeah. well, what about if hyper well you say that they might do like a bundle box which saves you like 40 50 quid start collecting tons of body she's doing that like give everybody 500 quid and you'll just get it for free <laughs> but, but again um, 19 centimeters can't we just like use wrestling figures or something like that's what i prefer to do i would something like a wrestling figure army like triple h and like I mean, Booker T and things like that. That'd be a better way of doing it. Oh, I was I mean, watching yeah, uh, right. Face Hammer and they had the Bandai um, Space Marine figure. The Space Marine, uh, the Necron, yeah. It's the same size as that. Pretty chunky lad. That's cool. Talking about the rules for them, um, I honestly don't think people are going to struggle to win games with them. No, I, no. I, think, I think they look fine. I think that they, they look like a good army. Is it just that they actually need to have games with them rather than just theorizing? Is probably well, there's the... certain things that are a bit poor. I mean, from looking from looking at them, I think that the War Stomper one, it's it's a bit cheaper than the others, but I think there's a reason for that. It's got some things going for it, but that club it's got is pretty underwhelming. So the two damage one. It's a, yeah, it's a two about. damage club that's capped at ten attacks, but if you're going in, you're going into a grot. You can only hit it once because it's it's model. It's done by number. It's like number it, of models within three plus inches. Four. It's plus four, right? So you, only it, against it, a monster, though. No, no. no it, the wait. scroll gets plus four. The scroll gets if plus it, four attacks, anyways, doesn't it? Even if it, it's, or am oh, I confusing right. it for one of the other ones? There's one. It's, the one that's capped at ten profile. The yeah. one that's capped at 10 attacks is minimum of 5 at full wounds and no, maximum. No, no, um, this is the one where it's within it's three the, the, the number yeah, of the models scroll, within yeah, 3. Yeah. Look at the war scroll again. It gets plus 4 to whatever that is. Oh, is that right? I thought yeah. that was against monsters. No, if you look, it's got a star on its war scroll, which ah, right. takes you to the table, and the table's plus 4. Yeah, you know, we've just got a bunch of experts here on the podcast all just learning to read. You know, I... I <laughs> I'm, I'm old. Is, is the uh, even on the app yet? 
because they don't no. play the app. No, no, no I, I thought. Yeah. Sorry, I, I, I had thought that you only got the bonus if it was, uh, if it was against monsters. I think I you also get a bonus against, against monsters. Everything. Okay, well, that, that's my, my misreading then. So apologies for that. Is the bone grinder gargant a part of the army? Mm, the don't think so. One? No. Did it, it not get updated? Well, it might get updated in the four. They make it as keyword updated. That'd be nice. I just think there's people look at the damage that something does and they look at the special rules that something does and they're not taking into account that that thing can be 30 models and an objective. Now, if you think back to how many games you've played of Warhammer where turn one people tag an objective with one or two models of a unit or they try to cover off space somewhere else and daisy chain some models back to tag a unit. That thing walks in and it's 20 mm-hmm. or 30 models. Like, yeah. think about that. And that's how you win games. You win games with. Oh, exactly. I, I'm not. No, I, I wouldn't have bought it if I didn't think that they, they, they was playing it. Yeah. You know, I, I think, I think there definitely think is. Yeah. You've got to commit a lot. I know people say that they're weak with only a four plus save. But you've got to commit <laughs> a lot five to wounds, take that yeah. many wounds. You've got, yeah, you've got to commit a lot. Spam, isn't it? Like, yeah, one of them can get a reroll. Yeah, which is which is obviously big. I think. Um, but then they can't me... instant die either, can they? They can't no, be. No, 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 can't be hand no. or dusted or anything. I think, also, I think that they're a cap of damage from weapons. Like, is no. six damage most a weapon can do against it, and that as well, or no? No. no but, but, uh, like. Uh, so Scarbrand could still do eight wounds yeah, per hit yeah. with these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's only instant death effects. Instant okay. death is D6 mortal wounds instead. It's like, they're just nerfing Neff's dagger, that's all it is. That and or the gashes and the What is there? That, Marathi. There's, a, there's one the of the Seraphon artifacts. The little guy with the coffin on his back from OBR. Oh, yeah, Volkmorshin. Yeah. Catapult, technically. I don't know how to oh, yeah. affect it, but... Leave. I think the... The way you're going to need to play the army to win games is not what the fantasy of the army screams. Yeah, it's maybe think, what people are worried about. I think there's an unfortunate uh, dichotomy in that you're like, okay, we want uh, the Gargan's army has got to be like six models or less, right? Like that's like the whole thing. And so Sorry, what that means? JPM just googling dichotomy. It's a good word. The sort of tonight, the big words. In, and so you've got to have a, this army that's only four to six models. So that means you need to have a rule like they've got, which is to help them cap objectives uh, by extra scoring. And what that means is that out of your power budget, you sort of have to pay for it out of the damage, which is unfortunate because that's like a Gargan smashing something with a huge club is a huge part of the fantasy. So it's like if they had as much damage as you wanted Gargans to have, but only counted as one model on an objective, I think they would base, essentially be an unplayable army. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, look so, at look what at does Lispot say? What does uh, Lispot I, say? I posted this, but it says it, it says a hundred percent for all the mega gargons. So it says all they're all they're all fairly pointed, and a uh, hundred some hundred twenty percent, I think, or something for the uh, the little gargons. I think but, the little gargons is yeah. where it's at. They are yeah, so good. Are the best no way to be in the allegiance ability then for then obviously with your stats normally JP? Uh, I, no, I, I, it, in it, well, it doesn't. The thing is, it doesn't take into account allegiance abilities, but yeah, that's because, what I was thinking. Because War Scrolls sense? are all pointed um, with their allegiance abilities in mind. Yeah. Um, 
it sort of comes out a little bit in the math. Somebody's like faxing their microphone somewhere. Yeah, they used thick in. Scott. Scott, thick in. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, I think think the man crushers, though, is where it's at. I mean, they are seriously strong now compared to what they were. And if they're in the tribe where they're doing plus two damage to hordes? Yeah. One war stomper and nine of them is apparently a, a gatekeeper list, I, according I, to I some don't, people. I don't like the war stomper, though. He's not making he's it. The yeah, he's g- the one that buffs him. Yeah. He's the one that buffs him. He's going nowhere near me. That that fucker can go home. I'm <laughs> just, just rule of cool, like, I, I don't have any time for him. I think, I think also one thing... Looking is, um, I was going to say, I think one thing that's happening is because of the structure of the army, right, which is a very low model count, people you, people are comparing things like a Mega Gargan to like know. Nagash and Archeon wow. and these other models that are like the one model in your list, but they're only 480 points, which is a lot of points, but it's like that's the price of, yeah. you know, a zombie dragon or something like that. Like that's, they're more in that range. Like they're just, for the amount of wounds and damage you get, for a 480 point monster, it's good value. It's very good value. Like they also, they also probably yeah, get supported exactly. like what Nagash and mm-hmm. Archeon. Exactly. Yeah. That's what makes them good is they get support from mm-hmm. other good, either cheap or effective units. I'd say the biggest weakness I've seen in um, Gar in the Sons of Bamat Battle Term is what you just said there is that they don't have any screens. So because they don't even have like like it's just not an option in the book. Yeah, you're gonna get shame, hit by a lot of stuff that Turn one, yeah, and yeah, that you, you that, can't block it. Yeah, you don't want to get hit by it. and normally people don't, right? If you're looking at a block of twenty Hearthguard Berserkers, it's normally not gonna hit you turn one, no matter what your army is, because you're you, you got you put your direwolves in front. Even if you barely have any chaff, if you go five liberators, you're putting them in front of your other guys. Whereas when you're playing Sons of Behemoth, you're like, Well, something I don't want to die is gonna get charged by something that does a bazillion damage. So. You can screen with six man crushers. Yeah, but you also don't want your man crushers to die. <laughs> Fuck the man crushers. It's uh, the meat shield. Put them out there. Uh, the no, I, I agree. I agree. It's going to be a different play style, but for a while, a lot of people's... I mean, they're going to be a bit of a loose cannon in tournaments. I think you're going to get a few of them. And the thing is, people... There's, there's some pretty serious top tier things that people are building lists to deal with at the moment. And then these are going to be a bit of a curveball. that uh, they, yep. They're going to shake things up a bit and it gives people another thing they've got to think about when they're, they're building the lists if they want to try and be competitive. So do you think they're an off meta choice because obviously magic is going to be such a strong thing? I think they're off meta, yeah. I, I think Can, that people are Luminef not... If Luminef don't take the bows can they actually deal with them oh wait i don't think the bows are i think the bows are terrible versus mega guardians you're doing like five mortal wounds a turn with your lumen with your archers that you're also trying to screen like okay by turn seven right you only get to shoot five times um in the game at best so you're not gonna you like 20 sentinels literally can't kill a mega guardian in that amount so they'd be more like the cows and the stone Headed guys. Yeah, I think the, I think the the stone headed guys are going to put a huge dent in a mega garden. But a lot of people are going to be playing sentinels and techlists. Like I think one of the things that again, without having seen them very much on the tables, um, one of the things that's very good about Lumineth is 
They've got access to loads of targeted chip damage. So, like, you're, you know, the heroes you need to buff your guys are going to die. The uh, small chaff units you have screening your uh, your good units or you're holding an objective, they're going to just die. Like, those are all in trouble. Versus Gargants, you're like, okay, fine. You can do 10 mortal wounds to three units a turn. Like, I've automatically won on some certain objective plans. So, I don't, I don't think Gargants are going to be great. I think they're just going to fall into the sort of middle of the pack. They're going to beat a lot of people um, when good players play them. And the hobbyists will play them. Yeah. Do you think it's more going to be a hobbyist army because the cost is as well? It's not like a value for money win, if that makes if that makes sense. Like, what, three of the big guys is 360. How much netlist can you buy for that? It's not a beer and pretzel style army, though, as much as people yeah. want it to be. Yeah, that's like, true. There's so many other armies out there that you can just push it forward and still hang in the game. You can't. I don't think you'll be able to do that. with. I, I was actually going to say almost one of the opposite things as well, in that it's not going to be a very friendly army to play against. If no, you, that's going to be hard. Uh, if you are playing two Mega Gargants and six Man Crushers versus your friends, like if you want to play Sons of Biomat versus your friends' friendly list, you're going to have a hard time. Because they've got to be able to do 35 wounds to a monster, and they they're not going to be able to outscore. Yeah, like, like friendly lists aren't, like, if I'm playing Trogs, who are not a very high damage and have no uh, extra help scoring objectives, um, I'm just going to, I'm not, I don't do enough damage to kill the Gargans, and I'm never going to outscore them if they, if they can get a quarter of their in, quarter of an inch of a base onto an objective. So I think it might be sort of, again, surprising maybe that it'll be hard the hero mission is going to be just strong for them because again Uh, i I think it's mainly going to be about what sort of stuff you're playing against i think they've got good mission play like good missions mission good objective control let's say that so what's Um, what's this uh, obviously rule they can lift objectives objectives, let's have a quick second on that because because one of the Obviously, one of the um, abilities is that they they can have the uh, get off my land ability, which Farmer Grant obviously likes. But um, what they can in effect do is move an objective 2d6 inches. Now, it can't end within an inch of another objective model or terrain piece, I believe. Uh, You can take an additional command ability that makes it 3d6 inches. But there's been some interesting discussions on this in terms of the way that some of the battle plans for match play are worded for scoring for things like um, when something's in your opponent's territory, it's worth X amount of points. Now, does that that's at the beginning of the battle. Does it retain those points if it's moved or does it not? It's and this is some FAQ. of the questions. I think it'll it be FAQ'd. I think I, it does. And I think you just number the objectives and regardless of where it ends. Well, you know which objective it is anyway. Probably yeah, you do, I, one. But I, some I, people are saying that if it's in your territory and it's worth four to your opponent and then you hoof it out into their territory, rules it's worth, you've got two that are worth four for you as opposed, and you know what I mean? And yeah, which is nonsense it's nonsense and and i think the thing is the one that's in your territory at the beginning of the game's worth four if you want to punt that over to your opponent then you're stupid because (laughs) you might be saying well Well, no because 2d6 is max gonna go to the middle of the table yeah it's more yeah well 
do is move out of your territory and then it's not worth four to your opponent. I think it is, though. Yeah, but I I don't think there's an argument to be had here. Like, it's not, there's no logical discussion. It's just, right now, the rules as written is you don't score it, and GW, I'm pretty sure, will FAQ it and be like, it's intended to be, or... And go, come on, guys, don't be like that. (laughs) I think it'll be at the beginning of the game. Uh, That's the one that's worth it. And regardless of where it ends up, it'll still be worth it. It'll be like objective number four is worth X or... Yeah, but that's a tricksy FAQ. They might just let it go because it's... it's they, they, go it. they might just reword it in the next GHB yeah. and they don't have to care. Yeah, a million. I can't, I can't see us having six months plus of that. So, so rule, just now... Imaginary events. <laughs> uh, go on, Scott. Just now, I've, I've, I've not really been digging into the Gargant stuff, but you're saying just now rules is written, you can't do this trick of kicking it and claiming it yeah oh no i think you can now the the, the thing that happens so like i think it's scorched earth right it's like if you control an objective in your opponent's territory you can burn it for the pass as well yeah battle for the pass you score extra points so if you just kick it out of the one on twitter was 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 the home objective being worth four what was that battle for the pass pass, yeah yeah. but on scorched earth you can kick them out of your thing and then your opponent can't burn them there's no way GW are going to not have that as part of the rules for giant gargants. No. Damn, no, it, it could just be in the FAQ for gargants, though. They might errata get off the land to not be able to kick objectives that are burned or ones that score differently depending on where they are. That, that would be the easiest and the uh, least I don't see fun it. option. No, I just think I, they'll leave. I think they'll just leave I it because that's the easiest one. I, th- I think that the, they'll just like, be classed as being your own territory, regardless of where they end up, providing at the beginning of turn one, battle round one, that's that's what they are. Nah, that's fine. Be... Just let them go. Just go for the more fun interpretation and deal with it if Gargans are a problem. Certainly. GW miss a lot of things, right? GW miss a lot of things. There's no way they've missed this. There's no way. Wow. No way they've missed this after today on Twitter. I mean, bloody hell. You say that, but look I think like, poor Ben Johnson gets tagged. Listen, in we've every, seen the nerd rage. Have you seen the? Sorry, Stu. Have you seen the the new white dwarf? I sent this pictures of this to JP. Just talking talking about is it one of these Jervis articles where he, he blabbers on about something or other? But he's this month he's talking about points and how they how they come about it, without actually giving any real detail. Yeah, yeah. Basically, it's a spreadsheet with a, with a million variables. No, it's not. It's a dartboard. We all know it's a dartboard. <laughs> You'd like to get it's a your, spreadsheet with your, the, your list with on the random number generator. Uh, you know it. But the but the, the, the text on like page three of it talks about them sending it out to the breakers, as they call them, the team of people that break things. Now, whether this is a new thing or not, you know, there's a lot of people said that there's a lot of people say they will Aren't be. They, they would the have to senses. do it for GW. Well, exactly. No, there's, there's a couple of um, iterations. Is what he's alluding to here. Now, there's no way they've missed this. They miss a lot of things, <laughs> but goodness me, this is like that headline gargant thing. Unless, unless they're only playtesting them with the next GHB, and it. Yeah, that's matter. a problem. This is always the idea. No, of what they test <laughs> these <laughs> missions have been around for a couple of years now. Yeah, well, they changed the deployment year. shape. Possible you miss it. Also, I just I think it's one of those things where like yeah, like there's always a huge hullabaloo about this stuff that gets missed, and Twitter goes crazy, the WhatsApp group goes crazy, everybody throws everything all over everywhere. Everyone and it never cries. it never comes like it, it. I've never had a tournament ruined by like no. some <laughs> some some ruling contention or I've never <laughs> really? gone to a 
well, well then. Wait a well second. Then. Wait a second. Um, On that so, um, <laughs> Even but, when I FAQ things. Yeah, uh, well, that when was I make a rule, not obeying the event. actual rules. That was obviously you just being a disaster. But, um, you know, that's part and parcel of going to the, the Stu West TM events. Um, but, the like, what I mean is the game is in such a good place. Right, I go to you go to events. There aren't really rules disputes. Like if you think about when I played like fantasy games, and I didn't know, like no one knew how all. Well, I'm sure some people did. Most, no one I ever played against knew exactly how all the rules work. Like you would, you'd be like, "What's a? Can I make a disorderly charge here?" And you'd be like, "I don't, <laughs> I don't know, do I? No one knows." The best <laughs> rule was so, Finagle, which was Kevin's favorite rule. What was it from Eighth Edition? Finagle. What so when. So when two random movement things would meet, you'd kind of just you would just nudge it to fit, you just finagle it. So if you charge and you successfully <laughs> caught them, you just finagled it so that he's made contact. Oh Great Anyways, yeah. So like if you compare it to that, like Age of Sigmar is very playable and very good. And these rules that sort of people are like, Lies. oh my god, how did it not get caught? I'm like, well, it's never it's never ruined a game for me. It's never come up in a real tournament. It happened for a little bit, and there's an FAQ. And I think people also sometimes miss out on the fact that, like, we don't see all the stuff that gets caught and fixed, you know? We just look at a battle term and we're like, oh, my God, how did they miss this one thing? And it's like, okay, but, you know. The, I would love to get hold of a diary of a playtester. Like, obviously, where they write down all their thoughts and of what they played, what they played against. Because at the same time, are they sometimes playtesting a book against another playtest book, which... My opinion would cause so much issues with. I don't think well, they do. I think that a lot of the times they they test that one book with what is already out. Just still, are they still testing it with, like, say, Forbidden Power or GHB so and things like the that? Example, the example that was talked about in Face Hammer was Les playing with his Fire Slayers against the um, the nine Man Crushers and one thingy. Like he he talked about playtesting that and getting tabled by it. How many games do you think the playtesters actually play? I would I would hazard a guess to say that they maybe only like each group maybe only gets a handful of games. Handful, I would say yeah. a handful. Also, well, I to think say, to say they've got a four week lead time, maybe one game a week. To four, so four to five maybe. If that. Yeah, look, I, I don't I don't think they get. Much at there's all. also there's also like a phenomenon you're gonna see with playtesting is like there's sort of two options. You can either be like, okay, I'm gonna try and play like 100 games. Well, uh, I was gonna say like I'm gonna try and play everything, all the units, a little list with a little bit of everything from the book to see if you know to try everything out and see what it's all like. And then you might miss like what optimized this yeah. microphone goes into bag of crisps. Um, what might uh. <laughs> What? What is this noise? Is it you, Liam? Can okay, mute yourself? <laughs> you might miss. He's digging uh, again. Optimized lists, and then the alternative is that you go. You're like, well, what's the best list I could build out of this um, book? And you look for like the most optimized thing, and that means you might miss like what the actual best list in the book is. And I think people forget that even like if you're a dedicated playtester, you don't have the same amount of time that you know, 200 people in a WhatsApp group doing nothing but pouring over the book after release have, you know? It only takes one person to find, like, a good list idea for everybody to be able to play it. Um, so, the information always... It doesn't even get to that point, like you say, JP. It sometimes just goes to, what, a Warhammer Kinect page? 
We get one yeah. snippet rule and everyone throws their prams out saying it's the most broken thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, when the Archeon Mega would probably be the last one. Archeon's ability to control oh, yeah. the turn. No one ever the... played it! Yeah. Because it's in a terrible formation that they didn't mention. Or it's probably terrible legions. Mentioning as well that these guys don't get sent a, like a, a very nice playtest pack with models and a battle tome copy and stuff. They get sent the base size, um, like a, a war scroll probably and a word document, and all of the rules probably copy pasted into a word document as well. I doubt they even get a PDF. Like they're not going to be. They're going to probably have to spend so much time deciphering the rules and making sense of them that they're not going to be able to just look at it in its pretty format and just go, oh wait a minute, what about this? What about that? They're too busy thinking about how to actually make the model work. Um, I think it get changed and then in the rewording they they get left a little mistake in it yeah they may not see the final wording of it I think at the the end of the day it's a a hard job to do and the results are free if you are always in terms of like everybody like Age of Sigmar is just getting more popular and more fun all the time so it's like it's hard to argue too much with the process when it's obviously working so well. I think that's that's. Um, I'd agree with that. The, is what is one bad book out of ten okay? Is that the argument? Or is there, one, ba- are there a lot of bad well, books? Like what's the last what bad, bad book? book? Is that, yeah, I can't think of the last bad book. What do you mean bad book? As in bad rule writing or? Bad are you book saying bad? bad book? I just think all the books that have come out have been good. I've enjoyed like every every book that's come out. Has like I feel like has enriched the sort of tapestry of gaming in Age of Sigmar. Like for me, my least favorite book that's come out is probably Lumineth Realm Lords. I don't really like the aesthetic. I don't really understand what the playstyle or the coolness of the army is, and that's just like a personal subjective thing. I know lots of people love them, and I know lots I, of people don't like. I, the I agree with you. I just think Techless story to Techless on the tabletop doesn't fit to me. Sure. Like he's not a. Again, it's it's always this argument I go back to with playing with gods on a table of with men sort of thing. It's it is also a bit of a thing that Age of Sigmar struggles with because of static hit and wound rolls. You're like, well, you know, techless. They 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 have they've avoided giving anyone something that hits and wounds on twos. Uh, Archeon, I think, was the only one, was it? He's twos and threes, right? Still yeah. with the sword. So and that's because it nothing changes it, you know. Anything that's twos and twos is twos and twos against Nagash, the god of death, and also against Stabas, the god of uh, stabbing, I guess. They should they should release a god rule where you're minus one to hit and wound them or something. Yeah, so I think again, one of the design principles and one of the things that keeps Age of Sigmar fun and fresh is that they avoid things like keywords. And I found I played one forty K tournament and it was good fun. Like I, I I enjoyed it, but there there were like things because you couldn't immediately look them up from like the war scroll, it was like uh, it's got a, maybe a keyword here or there. You have it has to be a bit more involved, and I, which is funny. But like, Age I of think Sigmar, it looks a massive different, moment. For well, okay. yeah, well, I, I I can't comment. But Age of Sigmar avoids that to stay simple, and I think that's a good thing for the game. Even if in some cases you're like, it could be better if we broke the rule, but by having it as a rule, it keeps the game in a good state. I think. Sounds good. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> distract, <laughs> distracted by beer. I always drinking beer. There's just questions. Of, just photographs of me and Scott are 
punting pictures of each other drinking beer. <laughs> I'm going to put it on Twitter so the world can see. It's gone. So there you go. Yeah. No, I think I think it's it's all good. <laughs> right. I think we've got got questions. Shit. It's all falling apart. <laughs> Before questions, you've got to ask uh, JP about his. Oh comments. yeah, shit. Before we go to questions, we've got the masters and we've got <laughs> rankings because you you're new Scott like. Scott has birthed you. Um, <laughs> Scott 2.0. Scott kind of like, a, yeah, he procreated. He, he he sort of created the the masters and the rankings and then through his birthing canal came JP. So so tell us your thoughts, JP. How are you going forward with this? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think basically Scott did all the work and then was like, it's really annoying to put things in an Excel spreadsheet. And I was like, you know what's even more annoying? But I'll do it. Put it on a website. Um, so you're you. I I am the conservative party's track and trace strategy, and you're the you're, you're the solution. We'll <laughs> be a council for. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I don't I don't think Scott and I were talking about a little bit more today. I want to get some um, like some little badges and stuff, you know, for for the people who are best in their factions. Uh, I was also talking about having one for the last person to beat Lee um and just some just some fun stuff because i think i think the aim of like the ranking system like is uh that it allows everybody to go to an event as a competitor and if you even if you're not going to come for second or third or even sometimes just first is is the only trophy you're like even if you're not going to get a physical trophy you can go and be like look i i go to warhammer for the fun and the social but i also want to compete the rankings is a way of doing that so i'm trying to add like with this best faction stuff and and just having a website where it's always viewable, just more stuff to like, just keep the hype alive. And you can be like, okay, look, I'm the only person in Scotland who plays, you know, Lumineth Realm Lords, so I want to defend my Lumineth Realm Lords badge or something like that. So that's mainly the stuff I'm looking at for the Masters this year. I mean, I don't fucking know, don't even don't care either. Um, people, we can do whatever, you know, if we if we get events on the actual table, that's. Uh, so do you think that it's going to be summer? Or do you think it'll be yeah. November? Whatever. Like if people want to do it in the summer and they're like, and we can, we're back to like full-time events. Sure. I mean, if we pause it for a year and don't do it till um, November, I don't think that's a huge, huge deal. Like, do we move it to always summer? I don't know. What do people want? I, I like. I don't. Well, I don't you feel just like... decide. Don't, oh, I, don't let people decide. honestly. Don't open it up to a committee, or else you'll never get a decision. Oh yeah, they, yeah, yeah, take sure. it, grab, grab it by it, it. It's your balls now, JP. Man, take them. Was, I, I Scott think was, was still running masters, so. masters. Yeah, I was gonna say if Scott's running it, I'm not gonna be like Scott. Wait, <laughs> no, guys. just tell him, tell him, JP. <laughs> also, I might be running. Uh, if if this is what the idea was to be running a Meta Breakers Masters, um, every year for people who are busting shit out on, uh, you know, the various underrepresented factions of Age of Sigmar. So it didn't happen this year, obviously, for uh, uh, Nergo reasons. But um, so if I do that, I mean, I think I kind of like having the if just on a personal level, I like having the Masters in winter. I think it's suitable for Scotland. Yeah, but uh, I like it to be the last thing before Christmas. Yeah, yeah. because it's like, yeah, it's good. It's good. Like like it's it? it? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's just me. Yeah, so 
And I think yes. if you do sh- try to shift it to summer, it's going to be a struggle to get enough events to qualify anyway. Well, it, it would just be from summer to summer, right? Yeah, but if you were to shift, if you were to have the next one this Oh, yeah, yeah, summer, yeah. Yeah. This not going to be. But you could just take it as like an eighteen-month window then, so it would be from like last January, which it normally was. Yeah, yeah, I could do. And that. are you going to have any kind of criteria on what packs qualify for rankings or masters, or are no. you just leaving it no. open to anything? I, I, I think in general, because there are so many different types of event and different types of scoring packs and stuff like that, it's best to leave it open for everything, and then just have like I think. You have discounted scoring for one dares and probably discounted scoring for team slash doubles events. Um, but in general, I just think everything's going to count. I I, don't, I wouldn't mind, actually, if, if you wanted to do something like Northern Invasion, uh, you want it not to count for the rankings so that, like... I'd say every, it'd be TO's discretion more than anything. Yeah, rather if than, t- exactly. If a TO uh, wants to say, I, I don't want this event yeah. to be ranked. I mean, the thing is, if you're writing a pack, then unless you're going wild and creating your own battle plans and coming up with a load of additional rules, um, really, it's still... Yeah, yeah. I think that it's still legitimate because people still have to adapt to that pack. Of course, it's just you not... You make up your own battle plans. Yeah, it's just Speaking not... Speaking of packs, sorry, <laughs> to put in there, would be... So, Stu, did you, th- did you like what happened with the Anvils at Northern Invasion? Yeah, I thought it was good. Well, the thing is, in the past, you know that for the last, what, four or five, what we did was we had um, where people had to keep a tally chart of when their hero cast a spell, when it killed a model, when it didn't suffer a wound, when it did this, that and the other. And you could basically choose any hero initially, then it evolved to being not a behemoth. And the anvil was just like this, this holy grail of mm-hmm. look you can actually create a bespoke hero so we don't have to stop pe- gamey bastards like nathan bringing Keros or whoever he used when he did it or we don't have to stop people using the to get the automatic extra points for um That's casting the, the most spells yeah, that was me so so what we did was we well i kind of i shifted it so there was that anvil thing. I tried to make it so that you couldn't optimize it by capping it yeah. at 20 points and by saying you had to take a totem because a totem shit and does hee-haw. Um, but the idea being that the guy's he's not the general, he's just some up-and-coming squat yeah. up. And, you know, he's there holding a flag, but one day he'll be great. And it's how well does he do? And I think it worked quite well. And and reading through the the backstories people came up with and hearing about things on the day, and people legitimately get excited about what their guy does. And that's what, to me, that's one of the things I like more than anything, seeing people proper happy because the little wee man they built, converted, or painted, or even just used an old model, come up with a war scroll for and a bit of a backstory. They then get to see him do shit all weekend and they come to me excited and tell me what the guy's doing and i'm and i'm getting excited because their their bloody cows managed to their their minotaur might have managed to stay alive and kill this thing or do this that and the other and you know that that to me is just as important as anything else in the hobby and i love it 
So yeah, I was happy with where it went. First, or, that's the sort of thing I want to run, though. Or you have Lee's hero who who was really good at hiding in a corner. <laughs> well, that's it. And and Adam uh, Turner did the same last year. He got the um the mug because last like previous years we had mugs for which of the warlords narratives you were the best at. And one of them was always uh, suffers the least wounds. And he had a branch wraith, Twiggy, um, that he just used to sit in a wildwood in the furthest corner from anything and never took a wound for like uh, the whole whole weekend. And so he got it one time. And then Shane won it last year with a hunter that he deployed off the board and only brought on on turn five. And it's brilliant. I think, you know, if you're going to go to an event for a full weekend and compromise your potential scoring and and how optimal you're going to make your list to get a mug, fair play. So I'm sure that tea tastes sweet. Uh, my my question would be Stu though is more not that I don't think we would count you should count narrative events like that uh, for rankings um, because they don't count but more like do you feel because Northern Invasion right is the biggest event of the year so it's worth the most rankings points do like would it be better if it was just if you were like look it's just an unranked event so people can feel more free to just bring whatever they want they don't feel like well. I'd love to bring my Anvil of Apotheosis hero, but also I want to go to the Masters, so I'm not going to do it. I suppose when it is in yeah. the year for it won't really well, matter anymore, will it? Because it's no longer well, like what I was like one of the ones at the end of the year. What I was wanting to do from next year, but plague permitting, was to do two events a year. One that was pure and pure filth, so people could just go all in, grand tournament. Let's mm-hmm. Let's do the biggest sharpest harshest event that we can do in scotland and and really just keep it by the book and then the other one rather than go full narrative like we did in february which was good fun where we just had like uh i don't know uh i can't even remember how many it was eight or nine people on one big long stretch of tables that Mm. was good fun but i think northern invasion the the big tournament can be a happy medium between but then we can have like a scottish gt that maybe a couple of our tournament organizers come together and maybe i'd like to play in as well but um i I wouldn't mind doing two (laughs) yeah i wouldn't mind doing two and yeah okay uh, having one that was out of the box and yeah keeping it competitive and the other one that was not a hundred percent narrative, but with semi-narrative. But yeah, sounds good. We'll see. For the masters, I'm just going to handpick the 16 people I want to play against, anyway. Well, just, just have them all <laughs> called Scott first and that. foremost. <laughs> Scott, pick me. Pick me. I'll never qualify. qualify. <laughs> <laughs> well, if your name starts with an S, you should auto qualify. I think actually. Yeah. That agreed. could work. Under five Sp- letters as well. Spadge. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, Spadge Scott. Uh, Stu. Yeah, we can get there. We can get there. Shane. Shane, yeah. Oh, it's getting better and better. SJP. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the whole point of the Masters, uh, well, it wasn't the Masters, the whole point of the rankings was to encourage people to play events. Mm. That was the number one aim, and the Masters was the extra little bit at the end. Uh, it's an... It, inevitable that it ends up being skewed towards qualifying for masters and stuff like that and, but i think folk enjoyed trying to qualify for 20th place, you know what i mean not just not 
top top five or whatever, you know. Yeah, and I think that could be again, uh, like I was talking about with badges. I think it would be nice to figure out a sort some like some awards. Yeah. Uh, at the end of the year or something like that, where you're, it's not just for the same people that we see picking up trophies all the time. It's like you know legitimate. Like okay, here's of of like like if you weren't in the Masters, it's like who's the who's the twenty first person, right? Like so the the best player outside of the top twenty, you know, okay, there. Like, that's yeah. Like, well, well yeah, JP, yeah. you come up with the idea. Yeah, that's what that's what that's combined what with us and look, we've we're in a really good situation with the Northern Invasion stuff. We've done the podcast a couple of years now. We've got the YouTube thing. We've got some Patreon supporters. I mean, we can we can yeah. provide the the price support. You come up with the ideas and and we'll do it. What, yeah, that what could you be need, super, you know, we'll. Yeah, that's that's really what I'm working on. I think it's just what's uh, what Scott said is exactly my goal as well. Is like I want to get more people feeling like they can get more out of being like a competitive age yeah. sigma player. It doesn't have to be who comes first though. Yeah, I think exactly. Stuff you're saying, like the best Gargant player or the best Gortrak. Yeah. You know, you you could have all yeah. sorts of shit, yeah, couldn't yeah, you? Yeah. You could you could really uh, push the boat out. I, I do. I want to have some like I want to have some list bot stuff there. I want to keep track of because if I'm predicting who's going to win their game ones with list bot, be like, look, this is the person who's uh, beaten the list bot predictions the most often. Just stuff that is still about winning, still about bringing a good list and doing well at your event and winning the games you can, but not about coming first at the event because like there's already a bunch of stuff for that. Like we don't need more support for Lee, you know. No. He's probably I don't know where he keeps all his trophies, but I presume it's running out of room. So we might as well like find some cool stuff to distribute to other people. I think it was nice um what Mark did uh for best in each faction. Um where or best in each Grand Allegiance, sorry, where it was like the best in the GA wasn't the highest placing person yeah. from that. It was for a specific things. So just anything like that, just so that you can be like, Oh, I went to the tournament this weekend. I didn't come first second or third which obviously 90% of people didn't um but I can I still got uh this prize or uh unlocked this badge on the rankings or got closer to this or you know whatever else yeah definitely I think that's what we need and and we've got a good strong community and I think people will be involved and yeah we're really happy to to work with you on it anyone who beats me in a game obviously immediately drop to the bottom of the rankings that's that's the way it should be <laughs> or if your name doesn't begin with s oh yeah there are going to be a lot of people at the bottom of the rankings that's for yeah. sure yeah <laughs> okay well i think we've covered gargants we've covered the rankings and the masters so we'll see how things go it's difficult to project isn't it when we don't know where the world's going to be but hopefully we get some sense of normality and we and we do get there Okay, it's question time, people. Scott's run off for a beer. Um, <laughs> shit, hang on. There's some in various locations. I'm gonna find some. This is this is the, how the pros do it. This, you know, JP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I gathered that from the I'm giving prizes for people whose names start with F's chat. Yeah, right. Yeah. Here we go. Here we go. Podcast day. Is that? Oh, that's not it, is it? Me. PG, PG-13. Okay, here we go. I'm starting at the top. When playing 1,000-point games, would you recommend meeting engagement or just use normal battle plans? 
Oh shit, I'd say right. I'd say 100% normal battle plans. Agreed. 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 Next question. Meeting engagement's interesting in its own right, but if you're wanting to build a 2000 point army, um it's too easily you, broken, I find. Oh, it is. It is the, like the certain actual, armies just do it better. Yeah. Well. No, it's I think I, I'd like to say why. And I think one of the reasons I was speaking to uh, uh, Stephen, who runs our um, the meeting engagement thing that he's done up here for a couple of years, or he, he well, he I think the last one got cancelled. Yeah. Uh, so but he was going to do the new one. That's what our slow grows gearing towards. But the problem is, there's a very big difference between doing a slow grow towards building a force and a slow grow towards meeting engagement. Because it's so heavily skewed towards multi wounds um, winning, and you get points for causing wounds. So if you can shoot or dish out mortal wounds from a distance, you, wounds of model slain. It's it's just yeah, it's just not representative. But you of could the game. like you say, if you first like Gargan, you would automatically win just by killing it if you had low like. Stormcast Eternals, because they averagely shouldn't be able to kill 35 wounds. You get points each turn for the wounds of models slain that turn. So, uh, so. you would, if, when you kill the Gargant, eventually you only get two points for killing more wounds of yeah. models. Turns. I'm listening to Nathan, he's already broken it, which sounds like... No, well, yeah. I remember playing <laughs> in the last one, and... Um, Andrew won it, did really well, and he had Beast Claw, and it, you know, hard, it, sure. it worked really well. I played him in round four, I think, with my Sylvaneth, <clears throat> and for the first two turns, before I could even get close, the Blood Vulture <laughs> had picked off uh, Sylvaneth, um, uh, the Dryads, so there's nothing you can do to that. The Blood Vulture just picks somebody and kills a model, even if you pick a different back then now it's on a two plus or whatever it is but at the time so you get two turns where you've killed more models so you're getting points and then when it comes down to the actual scoring you've got to kill mornfang or stonehorns or whatever it is and not nothing against because there was some tough games there for andrew he did really well especially in that last game um uh, the fifth game where he he thought he hadn't won, but but I think that when you've got a multi wound army that has a threat from a range where it can pick off just one model, it, well it, it's just nothing like a normal thousand point game, and having to split your army up um, for the spearhead, the main thing, and the the rear guard, I think if you're going to build a thousand points, build it as a real a real army. <laughs> Yeah. You're going to just get more useless battle plans. Yeah. I had a little chat with him as well about um, the amount of comp that he was having to introduce into the meeting engagements thing. Oh, that was about the, 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 the points for heroes and things. Yeah, so it's just if it's, a, if it's a slow grow kind of thing, you're putting a lot of limitations on people's abilities to, to grow the army the way that they want. Um, so some of the key ones, just because it, it breaks the game, like Mar- Marathi absolutely uh-huh. breaks 
meeting engagements. Um, so that was what I, I think it was actually me that kind of helped him with the comp in the first iteration when he done it last year. Oh, then you spat the dummy out when you wanted to play one of the big models, eh? No, it was, it was more to do with the, the limitations that he was putting on other people, actually, Stu, not me. Actually, <laughs> actually, name starts with S. <laughs> yes. No, I think um, I think if you're going to be building a 1,000-point army with the idea of eventually growing it to 2,000, you hit the, the nail on the head. It's definitely better to just play a thousand points. Plus, it's a whole different game as well. War Scrolls and stuff might be the same, but the way it plays is completely different. I'm not. I'm not sure meeting games, meeting engagements has kind of caught fire either. I've, been, I've not played a game of a single game of it yet in what a year and a half. So yeah, we've just not played yeah. it. It's, it's really good. Yeah. One of those yeah, random things in the book for is it? It's just it's harsh. It sounds it's filler for a GHB, isn't it? Yeah. To a lot of people. Yeah. I've enjoyed it. I like playing it with the kids, but again, it's an introduction. But it's a beer and pretzel sort of like you. Know, I mean, you're there just to have a quick forty minute to an hour game. Like a thousand point game could still end up being like nail biting uh, competitive yeah, game. Oh, a thousand could... points is brilliant. I remember those tournaments you ran down in Aberdeen and um, four games. Well, it was five games, I think. Five games won them, yeah. Jesus. That was hard work, especially when we just got off the boat and had to get straight back on another one. But, I mean, <laughs> that, that, yeah, it is. That's a proper game, and you feel like you're playing Age of Sigma, whereas meeting engagement feels different. And it's not a bad thing, it's just different. Um, I think when you've got a big collection and you're picking and choosing something tailored to um, meeting engagement, that can work, and it can be okay for an afternoon's bit of fun. Uh, but if you're building somewhat specifically, I think I think that you need to look the other way. Well, here yeah. you go then. I've got a controversial thing here then. I think when you're doing points for events, I don't see why a thousand points is le- worth less than two thousand points. Agreed as much. Yeah, I don't think it's. I don't think so. I, I think that it's still showing the same amount of. Uh, acumen. It's still Bliss Again. skill in play skill. Yeah, or five games, yeah. So why not? Yeah. Uh, well, it, it's it's uh, the game is partially balanced around two thousand points, right? No, thousand points as well, because there's, there's uh, different just, limitations on their brackets. I, I just mean like. Um, Are you putting your name on the statement? The game is balanced, JP. I think the game <laughs> is balanced. I will happily <laughs> attest to that. But um, it's balanced on uh, six-sided dice. Is that what you mean? Um, but uh, like. <laughs> The, the game is thoroughly play tested by the community. You know what I mean? Like maybe that's the, the, the problem. They'd get a lot more play tested games if they played a thousand points. Well, they'd get a lot yeah. more if we just played a hundred points, right? It's just my yeah. Karen Wraith versus your Dreadblade Hero. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I would take five liberties. I'd win because half my army can start in the sky and I'll just deep strike down nine inches away. Charge. But you can't deep strike. You can't if you only have one unit. How are you going to deep strike it? Well, I'm playing old rule. Oh, okay. So, okay. That's fair. So do you think it is easier to win five games at a tournament with a thousand points than it is to win five games at a tournament with two thousand points? No. No. So that's the point. No, I don't. I just think it's. A, I just think it's. Um, wait, sorry. What? I think it it might be just a less uh, fully well-rounded gaming experience. Yeah. It can can it can it be swingier at one thousand points? The 2000 is just as bad right now, to be fair. I think the double well, turn is still such a... If you bring a Gargan at, at um, 
1,000 points and it dies, uh, that's half your army as opposed to a quarter of your army. And it's going to die just as easily at 1,000 points as 2,000 points. Hey, I took a Dreadmar to both of Liam's uh, events. Yes, you made a general in one of them, which was great. I did love yeah, that. Yeah, it was a general in one. <laughs> About when you could do that. <laughs> so wait a minute, you made a Dreadmar general, yet yeah, that was the one that got slagged off for making the Dreadmars <laughs> in my unit a general. Well, I mean, Dreadmar's a single model. He is a champion. He's a leader. He's just a mouth. <laughs> he was a that's, that's Stewie, he's all mouth. That's a, he's just no teeth. He did well. In fact, did, did it come second at that one? Yeah. Right. <laughs> Nile won that one. Yeah. So the points ben, thing ben was Army. was in the year one of the ranking <coughs> when it was a factor, along with uh, number yeah, of I games and number of uh, what was it, number of players. So there's three scaling factors in year one. I think if you wanted to play in a thousand point event, I would treat it differently, just because it's a less overall competitive format i don't think it's easier to win at a thousand points because no one plays it very often well, that's why but, i don't run them anymore yeah i just think it's because it's i just, didn't see why they were worth less i could run an event over two days and get you having eight games and have like 80 players to 100 yeah players it's, and... it's it's not that it's worth less it's it's more that like the rankings are sort of like okay this is effectively for uh two thousand point game age of sigmar and it's just a thousand point games are just slightly different it's like it wouldn't be harder if you went and played a magic the gathering uh tournament either like i don't think that's easier than playing age of sigmar but it just it feels like it doesn't fit exactly in with the yeah. 2000 point it's it, if you went to the masters and you were like i've never been to a 2000 point tournament before you'd be you like think, yeah that's a bit weird but are you uh, then are you saying that you'd see different people at the top in a thousand point event than you would 2000 that's you, what yeah, I mean. Yeah. Would it still yeah, be you, the same people that try and break it by taking filth or something? I think it was always because it's, it's just it becomes a different game at that point. Yeah, it's just a bit of a different game. Like I think if someone was like, "Oh, I want to run a thousand point events and have a thousand point masters," I wouldn't be like, "Don't do that. It's a joke." It, I think it's just as hard and like you maybe even harder because it's harder probably to build really strong list but it's just i don't think mixing 2000 points and 1000 it'd be the same as if ever we all we played all 1000 point uh, we all just play croak let's be honest and just someone gets the lower drops so just take <laughs> someone off um i just think it's the mixing and matching more than whether like one is better than the other i was just asking <laughs> the problem is that they don't have maps for it that's my issue as well all right, they do. Having to rejig some of the battle plans. Oh, yeah, they don't have the battle plans set out on the 4x4s. Ah. Yeah. So you have to... They will do next year when they change the sizes of the mats. I go anyway. large, which would be hilarious, wouldn't it? God, Seven by fives. Uh, so, next question. When this pandemic thing is over, would you consider travelling to the north of Sweden for a tournament? The view is worse than Norway, but the beer is almost as expensive. <laughs> yeah. So, selling it. I'd go. I'd at, go. At the drop of yeah. a hat. Definitely. Yeah. I think definitely now. Uh, the north it... is good. Yeah, it'll be good. We'll definitely go. I, I like Sweden. Um, I, I worked in a Swedish cafe for three years. Was it in so, Sweden? 
No, no, it was actually in a German hotel in Greece. Oh my god, how many jobs <laughs> you had then? And, uh, and I think I he just changes the name of choice. the restaurant or the type of restaurant it is. It's all the same no, job. No, 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 this was a cafe. Was this, this before was, uh, an instant pickle job? This, oh, that was, was way, way before, way before. Uh, she was I, like, I this was a Swedish Rolls D6 in a German <laughs> Rolls D6 restaurant <laughs> in Greece. <laughs> But no, no, this is why uh, this is why I got on with the Swedish boys at the Six Nations, because I could abuse them in Swedish. And it's and I do have some friends boys. that I used to work with in Sweden. Um, so, so yeah. This, Sam this, you get really well on with, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Sam, Sam was a, a bit of a legend. I uh, first uh, met him across the table and I proclaimed to him that I was going to fuck him in the shower in Swedish. <laughs> And and he just looked at me blank face and suddenly looked very very scared and then he what and I said it again but slowly with a smile and then he realised that I knew what I was making eye contact so I I knew two different variables I knew that I would like to and I am going to and I made sure that I opened with I am going to um, so yeah it was good fun. Um, so it's the difference between Jag Scar and Jag Vil. <laughs> but anyway, um, our Swedish friends, we will be there and we will play. Um, we'll see you in the showers. <laughs> we'll yes. see you in the shower. Uh, and and Jag Scar, uh, no, Jag, <laughs> oh, fuck me, Sid. <laughs> Jag Scar. <laughs> I'm drunk now. Roll that D6 yeah. quick. Jag Scar, <laughs> Skål of Hitler. Yeah, So yeah, I I I know some squ- some kitchen Swedish uh, for people. Pass me the onions. Uh, actually, you you are very very close. <laughs> very close, sir. It's pass me the yeah. something because I remember you've told me before. No. Anyway, there you go. That's a bit of a bit of Swedish. We like Sweden. I want to go there. It's cold and nice. Okay. Is it, a, is it a biker gang? That's a, that's the most important question. Right. Um, I need true Scottish perspective on something. Is it okay to serve gravy with haggis? Yes. Mm. Maybe not to some other people. But I can't I say I'm true Scottish, yeah. so I'll come last. I wouldn't. There's no there's no gravy in haggis, neeps and tatties. I yeah, always, but sometimes it's a bit I dry, Mark. Oh, it's dry as fuck, and it's disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> it's not the question to water for. I always put the gravy on it. I love it. I love haggis, but gravy makes it good. You obviously don't love haggis if you put gravy on it. Well, you I do. Blend it into a shake and drink it every no, morning. No, I use, I use it as a, I use uh, la- lamb gravy. There you go as well, just to keep the flavour oh, there. Lamb gravy? Yeah. What if you're an what sort of noise that? Ah. From Scott. Scott's opinion of lamb gravy is obviously a. <laughs> no, there we go. I don't know. Um, there you go. Here's one for you. How did both hosts end up as such handsome gentlemen? That's about me and you, Scott. Don't know about that. <laughs> is this your? Is this following your picture? You tweeted. No, no, that, that's from. Yeah, yeah, that's from Clint. That's his question. So. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Just clean. <laughs> Regular uh, exercise, healthy good, diet. Oh and, yeah, uh, yeah. 
Plenty of brew dog. Keeps you healthy. Brew dog and iron brew. Um, Clint, or, and uh, kimchi, because that's what your KO came in. I'm assuming you eat kimchi a bit. Yeah, I eat a lot of fucking noodles. Love my noodles. Right. Oh, shit. Have we got more? We've got more. There's some on the WhatsApp. Okay. With KO, Seraphon, Lumineth, and now Sons of Beermat. Right, I say Beermat because that's <laughs> how you should say it. What, as in is that beer? Because they came with Beermat. No, no, it is a Beermat. And that was always the thing. Is um, this like Jimmy Carr and Jamaican? No, no. It's, it, 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 it's like just how you pronounce it. Yeah, like a and it's a play on words. It's a beer mat. Like and it's the beer mat they with... sent out with the with the beer mats. They sent beer mats well, out. They with did the... that as a nod yeah. back. Yeah, exactly. yeah, that's just a nod back exactly. to the way it was. Yeah. What's yeah, the, uh... it's a beer mat. And I was saying What's this the to the Aussie boys and the Kiwis when we were down at Cancun, and they were calling it Bahia mat. And it's like, no, no, it's just beer mat. Do they say Bahia mat? I don't know what they say. Yeah, surely it's just beer moth. Is that like when you get a moth in your beer? <laughs> no, no. It's a moth that eats beer, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just a moth. No, it's not a behaviour moth. moth. It's a beer moth. beer moth. A beer moth. Yeah, yeah, we all have beer moths. All right, what's the question there, Steer? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> Bear with me, I'm old. With K.O. Seraphon Luminous and now Sons of Beer Mat, Seeing little to no table time due to COVID, is there a lag in the meta if GW continues to release battle tomes? No. Unless they put a cease and desist on tabletop, I would say no. Uh, I'd say, I mean, I don't know what they mean by exactly by a lag in the meta, but I think there's definitely going to be a different meta. Than... By the time those armies get to table. It's probably pretty good, though, because you'll get like three or four different armies all coming and getting yeah. tried out. Once, that's, that's, so. what, that's what I was going to say. It's going to be a different meta than I think if we'd been playing tournaments normally. But I don't think there's, I don't know what a lag would be. But I, think I, don't think it's, I don't think it'd be a hugely different meta because this is a 40k year, to be honest. Um, so Which there wouldn't ruined. be as many battle tomes as last year. Yeah, that's also true. You know, full stop. There's, there's going to be a, a shitload of codexes. Always the same people winning tournaments and performing well, then there not being tournaments isn't going to stop those people being performing well. Yeah. They're going to be able to read the rules and put together an army list that is just as good. They're performing but, well now at home, even though there's no tournaments. I know, but I think what you will see is that, like, you'll see, because people <laughs> tend to churn through armies in the same, like, people tend to just play a, the same army for two to three events, regardless of whether they win or lose, and then swap. And so what you'll see as Stu said is just i think a bunch more of these armies will all pop into existence sort of at the same time which is maybe like maybe if someone was like oh i really want to play seraphon are really good so i really want to take them to an event and win they would have done that at the same time as lots of other people were doing it with seraphon and then stopped and yeah. whereas now we're going to see mm-hmm. like those seraphon lists at the same time as those luminous lists at the same time as sons of Beamat, which will be a nice sort of splash into yeah the new Maybe we should that's program a, a plague the... in every couple of years, well, just so that we can do this. With, <laughs> same with actually FAQs, isn't it? Like by yeah. the time <laughs> the army that is strong, like KO, 
there might be an anti-KO army out by January that actually deals with them. Like, actually just like... Yeah. Like a Griffhound level came where like, it used to bark and everything would shoot at something. Well, Maybe something stronger versus that. proc for every, every model that's set up. That'd be so good. Not instead of just the first time. So like when horror is split, you just got to shoot like 500 times at the unit of <laughs> horrors. <laughs> Buff Griffhounds 2020. <laughs> I, I think that my KO army is going to be the anti-KO list. Uh, not my KO army. Fuck <laughs> nice. <laughs> this is what happened to me. My, my flesh eater quartz army is, is the uh, yeah. answer. Flesh eater quartz a traditional counter to KO. No, no, they are because I've got two <laughs> zombie dragons with death from the skies and a dead watch in blister skin. And these right. dice always roll nines. It's only two drops. Three drops. Who's, who's playing Feck in the current year, honestly? David like, Jack. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah right. Before you Let, go any further. Well, let's, let's listen a minute. You've got three drops. You've yeah. got two but zombie you said you dragons. You two drops a second ago. <laughs> yeah, well, no, it's three. You've got four drops. We've got four. Rolls All right. Well, I've let, got one let, green let's drop. Let's rein it in. <laughs> <laughs> We've got two zombie dragons that are null yeah. drops in the sky. Why didn't you take a terror geist? Because terror guys, uh, that's that's what hipsters play, and I'm I'm a, a generation X gentleman that doesn't doesn't grow a beard like that. Right, anyway, okay. and then you've got a dead watch. So basically, you've got a deployment on the board and two off the board. Nice. Three's pretty good for countering KO. There's not many yeah. KO. Lists yeah, yeah, yeah. You board. just force KO to go first, and you don't and have you anything force... on the table. They shoot off your entire army. Then you bring down your two zombie dragons. Well, no, because they just block out the zombie dragons by redeploying all. Oh seven yeah, ships. I mean it doesn't matter. The zombie dragons aren't doing anything when they come down, anyways. Then you oh, win turn two priority. Charge the zombie dragons into the boats. You've got the double. They don't kill them because the boats reroll their saves on a three up. And then three up. The, yeah, the <laughs> ironclad is a three up rerollable. Yeah. Oh, uh, nobody's got multiple iron. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Very fragile army guys. Right, they are. So fragile that one zombie dragon will just kill them. Well, no, I'm going to have one Vargulf that's going to rip through the whole army. Yeah, the Vargulf will kill them as well. Just yeah, one. He'll get them. Uh, and that's the thing. So long as I've got one zombie dragon that can drop down, summon a Vargulf at some point, then that's going to eat the yeah, army. Yeah, that's really the KO, uh, the, the feck win condition that they've been playing around for a long time is the deep striking... Zombie dragon who's got lost one rend in exchange for coming out of the sky um, and summons a Vargulf. Exactly. <laughs> and that's all we need. But what if you've got two? No one's expecting it. Nobody's no. expecting two. They don't get you the S at the start of your name for any less thinking than that. I'll tell you what, JP. <laughs> yeah. You'll be eating humble pie at the Masters when, when this kill my trogs. When you just kill my trogs with your summon Vargulf. My, my again, Kale aren't winning events, are they? They've not won. Oh, they've won a couple, right? Yeah, they've won a couple. We've not had any events. David, David so. Kane's been winning with Kale uh, yeah. since the big drop. There just haven't been that many events. They've not won an event in Orkney. Nope. But I'm just saying, there's not been even the events on like TTO and things like that mm-hmm. haven't been won by them. Yeah, I've I've, I've been looking at I've been looking at. Uh, uh, meta sort of snapshot thing which is like what factions are you likely to play in each game of a tournament and right like what now, percentage of you got a chance yeah, of playing exactly yeah. and if you're going to win an event you're basically 
half the time playing KO with Seraphon game five, and the other half of the time playing versus some long tail of random garbage. So it, KO are not like super dominating the the meta in any way. Is it because it's one of those armies again that are quite? It's a one design list where it designed to just come down shoot and then redeploy shoot and then. Yeah, I think like that's my personal gripe with it is when I when you play against it, it feels very competitive, very uninteractive. Like yeah. they, it feels they, they, to play against. they just move, every, they just pick up all their models, put them where they want, and shoot. And like I'm not saying there isn't counterplay to it because it's not that strong. It's not like as strong a list as other really strong lists that we've seen. But it just doesn't feel very fun for me personally because they just keep picking their stuff up and moving it. It's also <laughs> unreachable, though, is it? That's <laughs> how of, dare like, they frogs, move their shit. Got, from your uh, <laughs> big strong shit that wants to kill it. I didn't How even bloody dare they. Well, so the old the old army that did that what was Sylvaneth. The old army that just picked itself up, redeployed itself, and then charged you and locked you in again, sort of thing, which obviously is slightly different. But yeah, that's the only other army I can think of that was uninteractive because you just couldn't hit it. And it's and shooting, then... which means you don't even get to roll. Like that, that's their answer to your like. Trot, uber yeah. fucking smashy army that kills everyone. Oh yeah. When, when have I played an uber smashy army? One time and no, you nerfed it before the event. Specifically <laughs> there. I'm just talking in general that people find it uninteractive and dull because they're not able to go over and just kill it. You, but, you, you don't know, get to, well the thing is you don't get to roll army. very many dice is the thing, right? Like I played versus no, I get KO. It. And I rolled like six. I rolled six attacks in the first three turns, and the rest was just me rolling save rolls. It was but like. But did you still win? Uh, I declined this question. No, did you still win? Uh, I think we actually called it on turn four, and it was close either way. You won, didn't you? No, no. Like as in, we couldn't. We couldn't. So you only rolled six turn. dice in that game, and you still couldn't finish the game. Well, you still won. That's atrocious. Still... The the point is, um, is that I guess fell. That was Damn, fill your shit. Um, the point is, not. I don't think KO are that overpowered. It's just what, like, for me personally, I feel like you don't get to interact. You don't get to stop them doing what they want. So you're just sort of you're 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 still trying to win the game, and you still are blocking out areas for them to deep strike into. And if you bring a good list, you're gonna, you know, do better against them and all that stuff. It's just that they get to move and redeploy and all that stuff in ways that other armies don't like they can't get you know other armies can't take a thousand points of their army often and move it from the complete right side of the board to the complete left side and it's so for strange me, that stormcast can't do it you always thought stormcast would get shot by yeah. lightning picked up and yeah. dropped again and maybe that's what the next well, that's all they do i mean I, I think the thing is i think they're positive for the game no, I'm not speaking no, as a player. I can, player. Them, I can tell you they're not positive. Ask <laughs> me <laughs> if you think they're positive for the game. My God, I yeah, honestly the think is, the I, old version was I better for the game. Against your armies, yeah, me it's too. Actually, the old version it either spaffed in your face and beat you, and you were done, and you could either then go do something else. But now <laughs> you can't even touch them. Like you can't even, like you say, you'll fight. Like again, I don't think a boat should be able to retreat when you're in combat with it. That's maybe my thing as well. Also, the fact <laughs> that you, you, it's like you can tag it with flying units is on the scroll, but it doesn't actually stop them from flying yeah. high. It, I think, yeah, I, think I don't think they're super I think so that's the, actual only rule, in my opinion, that's a problem with them. I think if they couldn't fly high, or if it was once per game, 
Once per game, per ship. Yeah, I think that's all. I think that would make them much more fun to play against. And again, they're not that overpowered. I just personally don't enjoy playing against them, which is subjective. It is difficult. I don't enjoy playing them because I see (laughs) I see the cold, dead look in my opponent's eyes, and I realize that they'd rather be at home pulling teeth than playing against (laughs) Ko. I think what happens is you play against Ko, right? You spend forty-five minutes in each of your movement phases trying to block up, like with your nine-inch sticks. Like, okay, I blocked this off, I blocked this off. And your opponent it's doesn't... It's futile. Yeah. Just don't bother. Yeah, they're just, you know, you just pick up and they're like, oh, you've acc- you have spend a long time making careful turns to try and win. And they're like, oh, you've accidentally left a bit of a gap over here, so I'm just going to move over there and shoot stuff. And it maybe isn't, maybe isn't like, the best stuff for them to shoot, but you're like, okay, great. Like, I have, you have to do so much more work to not kill anything. To just, like, so you can still win the game, but you're just, you have to put in a lot... More legwork, it feels like. Do you think they should have maybe not allowed to shoot out if they sky high as well, maybe? No, I, th- I, I think... Like everyone, like, straps in, I think just fly high once per game per ship would be fine. And then it would be like, okay, a good KO player it can differentiate <laughs> themselves well from a bad KO player by when they use fly high. Yeah. No, I think all good... All KO players are good KO players. Well, that, that's definitely... That's definitely the perspective I've heard multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very uh, subtle... And uh, nuanced army. Also, uh, probably should have got the points decrease. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, enough. It's deteriorated. Uh, <laughs> this has gone past everyone's bedtime. Yeah. So, hang on. No, no. You're not getting away. There's more questions. Are they about KO? No. Bad. If Human Daughters of Cain is next for a new tome, what does the hive mind think will be next? Uh, KO, probably? No. <laughs> Doris Kane are not next for a tome. I well, think somebody's. I don't think. Yeah. I don't think they'll it's get tomes. Because of the Marathi book. Yeah, I, I don't think. think you'll get tomes anymore. No, yeah, they'll probably just get the Broken Realm stuff, which might just give them a bit of a revamp. I think, I think it'll be kind of like the Wrath of Chaos book, where it's got Slanesh in it again for some strange reason and Marathi. To answer the question, to get to bed, Nurgle. <laughs> Nurgle. Night, yeah, I'd agree, Nurgle. Nighthorn. Night Probably Nighthorn. <laughs> Nurgle's Nurgle. Nurgle. Nurgle, then Legions of Nagash. I'd say Legions, yeah. yeah. Legions, actual... yeah. If All we get the... one. Unless we get some kind of a... Full white. I, 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 well, my, nah. my dream is a Manfred Neff book that, uh. that takes them to the next level. What, where they turn their backs to Nagash. Well, people no, are talking about can, a soul where they blade. just get a five-up save. Where they can redeploy every turn nine inches away. <laughs> they don't need to redeploy. Six inches away, uh, Nathan. All the Arcanauts inside fair. of Manfred can still shoot. Yeah. Actually, he's just got this big cloak that's got holes in it, and everyone just like pokes their heads at the side. You're all just better. Everyone gets a terror guy scream, because it makes sense. I would love to see, actually, a vampire centric army with like on like cool like vampires kind of like gotrek like really strong on foot heroes and then just loads of shitty chaff i think that's stronger the more things they kill that'd be cool yeah like i think that like on foot heroes running elite on foot like super soldiers would be cool and we haven't really seen it like twilight Uh, exactly like twilight exactly i'm not sure see uh lumineth as broken as we thought when they were when they were realized no, I, do. I think there's a strong army and they're not broken. I don't think they're any more broken than anything else people thought was broken before they actually started playing it. 
<laughs> I don't think it's them broken. I think the things that, like I say, keep making books strong that are magic based is things like the Undor spell portal and things that allow them to. Has anyone played with or against Lumineth yet? I haven't played since July, so no. I know, but I'm saying, right, I'm talking to Nathan and uh, JP here, and probably on we've tabletop. Yet start, we've yet to start playing them. Is, have you, have either of you played with or against? I've not. I'm, I've not played with or against them yet. I've got the army made up in my TTS library, but I've not played yeah. them. I've they seen just them online me. a few times. I've seen a few battle reports with yeah, them yeah, yeah. from yeah. competitive people. Is that I the weird ones that's on YouTube? Seasons now? of War guys. Seasons uh, of War. He's okay, turns. that Jordan guy. He's, he's okay. That's what I've just discovered that last this week actually. They're, they're pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. I like the way he does his reports. Yeah, I like his little uh, kind of animations and little snippets on the speed up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I like yeah. it. Top down view highlights the one unit, says what happens, and blah blah blah. Yeah, it's good. There's a yeah. bit of reading. Which is the problem if you're uh, painting. Yeah. But, um, I like it. I I've I've watched this. I subscribe to his stuff. Um. No. I th- I think that. Anyway, um, luminous. Models aside, he shows he shows how the uh, uh the army works pretty well. He's he's run a couple of different lists. He's done oh, yeah. the one with the sentinels and the wardens, and he's done the stony one. Yeah, he's got so, his own. He's got his own models, isn't he? It's none of the new stuff. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's <laughs> using the high elf models of the original techless, but his yeah. stone wardens ones, apart from the the big cow, he's got like a, I don't know what it is that he's got instead of it. It's like a big stone elemental thing, but yeah, yeah. everything else is kind of high elfy stuff. <laughs> but it's all right. It shows you how the game works. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, very yeah. slick. Very slick. Yeah, I think they're doing all right. But yeah, Lumineth, who knows? Let's see some events. Yeah, it's, again, it's, it'll yeah, be nice. again, it's impossible to see. But I don't think I think it's fair to say that they're not um They're strong. Yeah, that they're not broken. Like they're like I don't think like when people were playing like fifty salamanders in a Seraphon list on the TTS games, you could be like, Okay, Seraphon are pretty close to being what we consider broken without seeing actual events. I don't think Lumineth are in that territory. Yeah, I don't again, think anybody's going to play that. Buying the actual model is that maybe Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, just, no one's going to play that many salamanders. But but people have played. That was before the points change, and also people have tried out the eighty sentinels list. And from what I've heard in the Lumineth group, people are like, it's not, it's not the, like I'm sure it's unfun to play against. But they're like, it's not the best list in the book, and I won't be like competitive players are like, I don't think I'm picking it up. So it doesn't seem to me like they're broken. They might maybe they come maybe when events start, it turns out that I'm wrong. But I think they're just a a strong. Not the best, like just the the A tier, you know. The jack of all trades sort of thing. Yeah, like they've just got good mixed lists with lots of strong units in them. Like, so you're gonna win a lot of games if you play them. You're gonna win events if you play them very well. And like, I don't think I don't think there's it doesn't look like there's anything glaringly wrong with them. Um, They're not ruffle stomping the scene. But yeah, they're not just no. They're a good mix down both though, like you say, aren't they? They've they've got magic. They've got tanks. They've got range they've got cavalry they've got they've got sort of like the elite infantry so they've got they've got a bit of everything really yeah, yeah, yeah. i think the, people want things of, like them to um, be broken on the talk of tts armies and stuff like, like the kind of spam thing something that we saw online this weekend i think lockdowns maybe got to people because people are actually just going out and buying 
Oh, the stupid the cockatrice. Like that yeah. guy just made Evlo look as basic as fuck. Like, to be fair, the cockatrice army has been in circulation for hundreds of years, passed down from generation to generation <laughs> since I think the book came out. So someone was eventually going to do it. But yeah, I do also agree. It was, it was talked about recently on the Honest Board Gamer from ah. a TTS. It was it was a TTS army. Like the guy was invited on for a show. Like I was listening to it. I was out <laughs> walking the baby or whatever. But um, they were talking about oh you you don't see these armies on the table. And that's the whole point of TTS. <laughs> but now we're actually starting to see them. Somebody's gone out and bought all those cockatrices. I think you might be right about the lockdown. Like, there's always, for me, there's a point I know when I just stop tinkering with lists, where I stop trying to build any sort of list. I just am looking at different units and seeing how many I can fit in one army. And I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, all right. You could actually take a six Mangler Squig list. Um, <laughs> and then I'm like, okay, it's probably time to close down Scroll Builder and leave it for another day, so... Trying to think what the next TTS army that will be realized on the table. 300 Noblars. The Noblars one would be hilarious. Wasn't um, there the... Well, again, I haven't seen the Blight King list got about yet, because again, I don't think a lot of it won, what, 65 Blight Kings. Yeah, I think it. somebody has that, don't they? I think so, sure somebody's they got 40 at least. Yeah. Well... That's not me. So we might start seeing we might start seeing more mm. of those lists cropping up. I'd like to see the the hundred plus Mortec list on the table. No crawlers, just only Mortec guard. It's just all Mortec guard. I don't think that really was a TTS list though. No, but the Salamander was... list. Do you think you'll still see the? Well, it's got nerfed, so I don't know yeah, if it's as potent. Yeah, too expensive like, there. I think people will still will still see Salamander. Who's hoovering their microphone now? I think it's uh, Scott. He's um, <laughs> pushing his microphone. Kind of <laughs> <laughs> it's not Scott. Who is it? I think it's do then. Is Liam airbrushing? I'm not airbrushing. Doesn't make that noise anyway. It'll be a really shit airbrush. <laughs> Getting that's not the noise it makes. I'm probably being able to hear that. <laughs> we know nice that you're covers, playing nice covers, Scott. <laughs> I think we only have one more question, Scott. It says, has lockdown made this year, made this the year that we men has finally balanced the steps Lindsay win ratio to a sexy equilibrium? <laughs> that's from Rich, of course. Um, well, yeah, it's been pretty equal to me and Rich. We've played a couple of games. He's had his his filthy city stuff, which yeah, thanks to TGS list, which funny <laughs> Phoenix guide. Who the fuck's gonna paint that? Nobody. That's the answer. Which thankfully JP kept off the scene for a, for a few months, <laughs> um, and then he then he ran his iron his multi his four iron blasters. This guy's shit. I get to play against four iron blasters. <laughs> And uh, four stone horns or something like that. Sounds like you're playing Kevlo. <laughs> um, no, we've we've had a we've had a couple of wins each. I think the few games we've played this year. So yeah, all all is good in the steps, Lindsay Meta. <laughs> so if 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 the world was plague free and we could go anywhere, where would you want to go and play a tournament next year, folks? Common ground games. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to really go to Common Ground. 
miss it. I would like to go to Warhammer World actually. Warhammer World, yeah, yes. Warhammer World, hundred percent. Yeah. 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 As oh, soon yeah. as Warhammer World opens up, I'm gonna do a one day trip down to play GP. Yeah, that's a good. Make it time for a thousand point game. We'll play some meeting engagements, <laughs> then I'll need to go. Home. <laughs> When are you coming to Orkney, Nathan? Uh, January. January. Are you going to come and try and beat us then? Is that Corona permitting? No, no, Orkney's Corona free. No, when Nathan gets it, it won't be, but... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Won't, you won't be allowed up here by then, actually. I've heard, uh, I've heard you're getting banned, you're a lot. Yeah, probably. All right. No. Central folk. Ah, it should be good. No, the, pl- the plan is January. Will your missus be okay with you just abandoning her in the wee one next door while you come over here and play play wee men? Well, I've actually <laughs> had a game with the missus, and the other day she did ask, when are we going to play again? So she might, she might be wanting a, a game as well. She absolutely oh, crushed me with Stonehorns. So. That's what we like to hear. Yeah. Wow. See whether Arwen can beat her with a Lumineth, eh? Arwen doesn't stand a fucking chance, Joe. She's an animal. <laughs> <laughs> like she I'll let Arwen use my Mega Gag and she'll be alright, eh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Yeah. No. Well, that's been good. Uh, is there anything else we need to say? Or are we there? Where would you go and play, Stu? Did you answer it? What for what? Anywhere. <laughs> <Warhammer World. laughs> he gets his own question. Stu's like, where am where I? Where would I go and play? I don't give a shit. I just want to play. I don't care. Stu in the fucking home that we're going to put them into. Because they're passing it. I really don't care. I'll play anyway. As long as it's our beer, I think you'll be like. We're going to put no, you in the home. I, I'd like to travel over. a bit. I want to go to Japan. I want to go and play in that little tournament they do in Japan. I'll tell you what, if, if I'm allowed to go to Japan next year, I'm going to go and do that. Because I want to go to Japan anyway. I've got a... Two birds, one stone. Noodles. I've got a list of things I want to go and see in Japan. <laughs> You've got a box of noodles to collect. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I is, a... You go to the noodle factory. There's a tour. There's an outside tour. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'd go and do the noodles, definitely. But no, there's a, there's a list of... Uh, I, I go and see World Heritage Sites of the World. So uh, there's, there's, there's six I need to see in Japan. It's just going to a fucking hentai convention up in Japan. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> going to go and be a budget Tom Cruise from The Last Samurai. <laughs> oh, fuck. Well, out of nowhere. I don't think I have to take this shit, you know. Yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah, I probably do. You're in a home. Told you. Yeah, they won't have me. It's okay. <laughs> You can just no, imagine I, in like his slippers and his day jacket or something just walking about the place. Can you imagine I, Japan telling people about how like he attracts Swedish boys and stuff like that to these Japanese people? Straight to jail, just that's it. Straight to what jail. The fuck? <laughs> I don't think I'd say that. You did. You talked about how you were talking <laughs> to Swedish boys earlier. They weren't Swedish. Right. Okay. <laughs> No, I got a Japan. You're talking to Swedish boys probably isn't the best thing either, really, is it? Swedish men would be, be a better offer. 
I, I think this is taking a dark path. But... <laughs> <laughs> we just cut the last hour off. This is a <laughs> We're gonna have to. I might even have to edit. I don't think one is listening at this point. Nobody is listening at this point. Yeah, no, true. everybody's gone to sleep. Apart from David and Sinky who are waiting for their uh, segment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and the Germans. People that want to listen. So you should do is like leave like a half an hour gap of just silence, and then it plays. <laughs> like the last track on a CD or whatever. Yeah, you have to flip this cassette, and it's just like playing nothing. Play it back. Cassettes, yeah. by the way, are things you used to listen to music with. People of this generation don't know. So is everybody just wanting to go to War on a Bloody World next year? Is that I said to go to LVO. Oh, LVO, yeah. Yeah, we should go to LVO. Well, we should, but I'm not going to speak about politics. Or Swedish politics. As long as Biden wins, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'd love to go to LVO. I did want to go next year. I didn't buy the tickets for next year, though. I think you you can still actually buy them. But only a fool would buy tickets to the moment, I think. I dropped dropped, it. I dropped about six boards off from the club. At Mark's Robert, Mark Roberts' dusty garage this morning. I'd happily just fucking go there for a game of Warhammer, to be honest. So. Yeah. You should. Yeah. I will. Oh, you're not allowed to well, travel. Going, uh, well, you, you're maybe. a doctor. You oh, can just no. say you're there, check up on him. I get, I get tested. I'm away for work next week to Aberdeenshire again, so I'm got to play on the farm. Hey. Oh, that's where I to go. Farmhammer. Definitely Farmhammer oh, 2020. Hammer. No, all I, do need to, I do need to pick Grant's here for a game at some point before yes. November. You'll have to play a nice army against him, though. Why? He's got bone splitters. They're filled. <laughs> no, they're not, though. Everything's it's a nice filled. bone splitters yeah. army. Hmm? Bone splitters are... There's no nice armies left in Age of Sigmar. Everything's oh, cutthroat, it's... teleporting, 500-yard <laughs> bullshit, so... <laughs> That's it. If if they made the board smaller, at least you can catch up a KO quicker. No, so much of a, we're not having a smaller table. That'd be wank. Make it six by six inches. Everyone piles their models up. <laughs> Three models each. That's it. Whoever still five hundred. Why is the biggest unit first wins? Hey, go have a block sixty. Got a mega guardian. Deploy first. Your opponent can't deploy. The game's over. Here's a, here's a question for you. And this is so obviously we're going to GHB. Well, AOS free. There was a question about that. Yeah, go on, carry on. So, question AOS free. Do you think we're going to get the same random FAQ that 40k gets, where it's like, oh, this unit's now got two wounds and this thing's going to get the weapons have all changed? And do you know what? I've I've already lost what 40k is all about, and I'm not even like, it's going near it. I want to. I want to play it, but I'm lost. Honestly, I'm genuinely lost already. Uh, I think I think that it's wank. The models are good, the background's good, but I just think that they try to overcomplicate it. Yeah. Sorry if this it whole now like Marines just getting a complete upgrade, being the first good book, which you would argue. But the problem as well is that it's like, so there's been two FAQs already, but the second FAQ doesn't make sense unless you read the first one. But do you know why that is? Because see, see the guy that's kind of running it, he's, he's the, well, I don't know if he's the Jervis of, of, of 40k, but uh, Robin Crudis, you know the... Robin Crudis, the Tomb Kings. But... He's the, <coughs> yeah, but he's Mr. 40k now, he's writing everything. Um, so he's, I found out he's a he's a physics PhD. Yeah, um, there you go. 
and he's yeah, explains his explanations. All about yep. the spreadsheet. Yep. He writes it like he's writing a scientific paper. He puts little references in here and there and everywhere, and he's 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 trying to write it. You know, fair play to him. He's trying to write it so that it's not clear, yeah. misinterpreted, but it becomes ultra text heavy. Yeah, I think this is a thing often that people forget again about Age of Sigmar. They're like, why not just have a 400 page rulebook for each unit so that there's no miscommunications? And it's like you're making a trade off. Like laws yeah. are still argued by lawyers. There's still a conflict of interest at the table that means like these disputes do come up. And so just yeah. have a short war scroll and settle again, the disputes. You you know, like you and Nathan know from like what playing Hearthstone or JP yourself with magic and things like that, they have an app that has like generalized <laughs> questions or how they would word things. Like like an like an old rule is now say like something that was in again, this is the problem. We still have like an FAQ for the Dread, I can't remember the Chaos Dread Fort. The Dread Fort book still has an FAQ, but shouldn't have that been updated at some point? With I think, all the I think other... a digital FAQ repository could, yeah. could be. But you nice. could just search, you could search, like, say, Plague Bearers and Nurgle, and yeah. it would give you some examples of yeah, yeah, yeah. misreading the words, sort of thing, and going, mm-hmm. well, actually, this is what it means, not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That could, that could be nice. Again, I think in general, we can look at the trend, like, the direction we're taking. With Age of Sigmar and how GW are handling it, and it's a good direction. Like, there's obviously mm. still distance to go, but like, we're moving more towards like fast rules, lots of updates, structured updates. Like, so I think stuff like that could be coming, and we wouldn't know about it, or just in general stuff that's good for the health of the game and the meta game. I think we see a lot of. So I quite like from that. A, from a person for that plays a lot more Magic now, obviously they mm-hmm. do their bannings and restrictions and things like that. Yeah. They also give an explanation explanation why. And that's what bugs me sometimes with GWs, sure. FAQs. They just like they've chosen the worst worded question and given an answer to that rather than a question that would make more sense. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, it I can happens quite often. Uh, but... I think it's to the masses though, rather than to the ultra competitive, isn't it? It's to be read by eleven-year-olds. Yeah. Look at the eleven-year-old Scott. That's fighting over textbooks with little Jimmy, <laughs> rather than uh, <laughs> rather than Liam and Nathan who are wanting to gouge each other's eyes out and go. Yeah, I go, I go home the, crying from their houses. The Bastilladon one was the perfect example. Why not just say unmodified is unmodified? That's what it needed to say, rather than they made like a two paragraph. Ah, it's thing. hard. It's hard they, to know exactly what everybody wants, and they also want to put this stuff out in a way that like supplement the whole rule i think it's just a difficult problem and however you solve it there's going to be some missing parts so oh yeah there you go it's some positive some positive yeah. positive stuff okay martin i'm i'm assuming it's martin martin this <laughs> <laughs> question i'm not 100 percent sure but mj is the is the tag Could be so jackson. what are the hopes hopefully it's not michael jackson <laughs> <laughs> What are the hopes of a broken realms and the lead into AOS three? And what would we like to see GW add remove tweak in AOS three? So if you can limit it to two things, what what are your hopes, dreams and ambitions for broken realms and AOS three? Nathan Pass. Oh, <laughs> I've absolutely no idea. All, all I know is I want a much stronger narrative across the the books that come out. 
as opposed to the Soul Wars stuff. Soul Wars was terrible, I felt, for... It didn't do anything for the story. I think maybe a little bit what you need is just, like, an overall mass of lore that just builds up over time so that you get, like, stories that have managed to survive over X years become more strongly entrenched. Well, we I talked think about they will it. do in time, though. Yeah, that, that's exactly so what I mean. I think it's a young game. That's what Nathan, that's exactly what we talked it's about. It's like when they drop a battle tome, drop a storybook with it every time. They, they often do, though, don't they? Yeah, but they no, do. Like, yeah, we're talking about Bellacor. Bellacor needs a book. We need a story point of... Bellacor needs a Ben. No. <laughs> <laughs> Bellacor needs a story told between Archeon being the second chosen of all the gods Eyeless, and what he did after it so, so so what about you liam what are your hopes for aos 3 and the broken realms support heroes to be untargetable kind of like what it is in 40k just okay. so that five wind heroes survive and do their thing they're supposed to do uh narrative to be like you say a lot stronger maybe have a war scroll for match play and then have a story war scroll for quite a few of the characters I'd quite like like so Marathi could in Nagash could be a lot stronger in the narrative world because yeah. obviously they are gods mm-hmm. well I'm assuming Marathi is going to be a god by then like a 10,000 point version of their scroll to play exactly. in exactly yeah. just, or just like a here is their god for like here's yeah or like ascended cool. so here's their normal uh fresh to the battle here's the ascended form uh just because it would be cool to see them is even if i don't play narrative often but yeah no that's fair what about you jp uh i'd, I'd like to see uh, more uh like fun rules in the game i love the gargants kicking um kicking the objective uh i like uh, splitting on horrors, maybe more controversially. I just think some of these um, rules that are unique and cool and change the way you play against certain armies, um, I think are really fun and add a lot to the game. And so I think more stuff like that. I think the yeah. books that have came out recently show that they are trying yeah, for sure. to homogenize mm-hmm. the game and have like factions have their own little unique niche. Yeah, yeah. their own thing. little thing they do. They more do of their mark on the game sort of thing. Yeah, I think it's cool. I want to see more stuff like that. More explosive versions of it. I was saying before, I wish that Grotz just came out of the Loon Shrine every single turn. Like, maybe you have to repoint and rebalance the thing, but I just think it'd be cool to just see Grotz coming out every yeah. turn. And you're just like, why are there yeah. so many Grotz? Like, stop. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you don't stop. You just keep bringing them out. Like, and, and like, I'm not, like, the balance would have to be worked out as well, but I just think you'd be like, wow, that's really Animal cool. Animosity. I remember playing against Grotz because of that. Like, you'll remember playing against Sons of Behemoth for when they kick the object. They're, they're like, he just kicked the objective. Yeah, yeah. The, like, Yeats it across the board. They just destroy the scenery. They yeah. have six models, whereas Grotz have got 600. Yeah. So can they destroy scenery as well? <laughs> yeah, they, yeah can, they can destroy scenery. Gargants can, yeah. yeah you can destroy the yeah, loose yeah. train. There you go. See, it works. Yeah, yeah you can. Yeah. <laughs> On a two plus. On a two plus, it becomes rubble and deadly. That'd be so cool if you could do the same ironclads and things like that, but wouldn't it? Like, just pick out the sky and just throw it yeah, to the floor. It doesn't work on them, but they do get plus one to target 
um, models within the ironclad because they're garrisoned. And plus one damage. Can well, you hit no, the that's, units that's inside the, a... um... Oh, the gatebreaker. Can yeah. You hit the units inside a. Yeah, you can. Minus one, minus yeah, one yeah, to yeah. hit them. Yeah, minus one to hit them. And they yeah. get plus one save. But you plus one if you're a gatebreaker. Okay, so you'd be back to normal. Yeah. Broken. But then they don't count as models near you for when you no. do your thingy. So. No. That's a shame. But when, when you, you charge, when you back. but when you charge with a gargan, you hit everything within one inch for d6 mortal wounds. Yeah. Oh yeah. So that just yeah, so that everything, in the, everything <laughs> in the boat. Everything in the boat. Yeah. You can hit, you can the hit the with his bloody uh, exalted chariot. His chariot, <laughs> oh, yeah. absolutely chariot wrecked yeah. my boat and everybody in it. So yeah. Sound like we Georgie. My boat. My boat. So. Is that everyone? We've answered. Well, you, never, you never asked me. <laughs> I think it was everyone. Oh, no, no. I was saving <laughs> That's everyone done. Let's go, guys. I was saving <laughs> you to last so we could end on a positive. <laughs> I think everyone. <laughs> I don't know whether to be a fan. Yeah, you'll be in the home by then, Scott. <laughs> oh. <laughs> go on. I've... Yeah, we bit we don't want to see. I've not even said my bit, so don't worry. Oh god, there's more. <laughs> I've got to try and work out how to press the buttons at the end of this. <laughs> no, no. Oh, Go on. what are you looking forward to? What I'm looking forward to, hopefully, is more of the new missions like the Blade's Edge and the other one. What's it called? Force in the hand. <clears throat> Force in the hand. Yeah, the so Blade's Edge. That fucking stupid. <laughs> Sharp. Just new missions. New missions would be good all the time. But, but but the new missions are really thoughtful, really really clever. I think so. You know they are, yeah, they, are, like they are working on it. Um, and yeah, maybe something that we've talked about since day one is maybe a, a dice off at the start for first turn. I've thought of something. You know, I don't want to pass anymore. Can I? Overrule. The, the it's gone back to 40k but the way that in new 40k they can build how they score oh, on yeah. mission into their army I, I like that I think that's really cool I think the secondary uh, and primary distribution in 40k is nice uh, explain so, I do in, but I think the, I the actual not. point gain in the game is so com- convoluted it's in 40k you can go, score go on, a maximum you, you can score a maximum of like 45 or 55 points in your primary. So that would be like the objectives on the table. You can get a maximum amount of points for scoring those objectives. And then the rest of the points that you get are from secondaries, which are kind of like auxiliary objectives, but they're things that you can do each turn. So one of them is have a unit raise the banners uh, three turns in a row or um, one Ooh, of your wizards does a so that's like if you imagine is your unit of playmakers has a banner they can... it's capped at 45 so it's 50-50 split between primaries right. and secondaries they're, no they're yeah. like 15 point per secondary for but, but yeah, yeah. So yeah. But overall yeah, but you get three of them yeah yeah. So there's you like also remember psychic... your points for your painted army yeah true <laughs> psychic ritual is one of them where you get 15 points if you um, cast this really easy to cast spell with the same psyker three turns in a row. But you've got to be in the so, middle of the board. 
yeah, yeah. Like he's got to be within a certain range of the the center of the board so you've got to be able to protect them from so that you can get it off three turns in a row but if you do get it you get 15 points towards the mission but there's like a big long list of like 20 different Quite things them, yeah. and i don't like that them. oh i think it's awesome why I'm do you not sorry. Like it? i don't like it I, fe- I feel I feel like the horse of Ren and Stimpy. I don't know if you're too young to know Ren and Stimpy. I'm definitely too young to know anything. Right. Well, Ren and Stimpy. Yeah. You just need to Google Ren and Stimpy. Oh my and God. The horse. Predate Google. Ren and Stimpy. Yeah, it was before Google. That's when I used to watch Ren and Stimpy. Uh, while you're there, look for Kowalski and drinking meat. But anyway, um, the horse. No, no, I don't like it. And. The reason I don't like it is because I like to drink when I'm playing Warhammer. No, <laughs> if you're telling me I've got 20 things I've got to think about and try and no. score during a game, that no. fucks me up. Well, I, what I, was... I like to know my mission, how I'm going to score. I don't even like auxiliary objectives. I think the bollocks. I, I don't like auxiliaries, but I did like the secondaries in 40k. Secondaries weren't... Well, the old in, secondaries it, in... Yeah, no, they were terrible. The second, I've never liked the secondaries in AS, but in 40k, it's more just... They're a bit easier. Like, so you, you sort of... Like, for me, when I was playing my demons, I need the three secondaries I took were raise the banners, which meant that basically I had to he- keep my infantry on objectives. So I was already doing that anyways. I picked psychic interrogation, which is where my, like my uh, big demons had to cast a spell at enemy characters each turn, and it just casts on a four, so I do that. And then uh, the last one was to have models in all four quadrants of the board. And so it's all just sort of stuff you're doing anyways. But as opposed to EOS, where it's just like a random binary thing, which <coughs> you sometimes just finish the game and you're like, oh, I, well, I obviously that didn't sacrifice charged. the major. Yeah. I didn't yeah. want to sacrifice the major to try and get this one point. <laughs> but now that I've lost, I sort of wish I had. In, in 40K, it's just like, oh, there's a, a couple different things you can do to score in each turn. Because also the missions, I think, at least when I played, were a bit simpler than the ones in AOS, maybe to make up for that. So it was just like, it, it just meant there was more of a, because it was just as impactful as primaries, it just meant you got a slightly richer mission overall, as opposed to an AOS where it's just like this random tacked on after effect that 90% of the time doesn't matter and 10% of the time fucks you over. I think it's my problem is, I'm like a hangover from old fantasy where I'm being faced with an issue, my my objective <laughs> is to beat my opponent in a certain way. And yeah, now I'm scoring objectives. That's a big change from what I used to have to do. <laughs> to introduce all these secondaries and auxiliaries, to me, I, I'll stand in front of my opponent now and I'll say, look, if I don't beat you, you can have my auxiliaries because I don't give a fuck. And I'll say that. And <laughs> I'll say it. I'll just say... If if I don't manage to get the major, you can have the minor, and I don't I honestly don't care because to me those eighty auxiliary objectives are bullshit. There's no major I minor. There's game. no minor in forty k for. Ah uh, well, I don't I don't know forty k. It's just you win, you win. If you're higher points, you win. Well, that's yeah. all my it's just it's just numbers, isn't it? Yeah, it's just like, uh, like, ball, like you could just ninety five seventy three. Because they get okay, you could be at fifty nine points, and then all of a sudden they get sixty on turn last like. They get like they were at like eighteen, and all of a sudden they've gotten forty-two. It's always a big number, and it's it unsettles, fabricated. This unsettles me. 
<laughs> you were a narrative player as well, Stu, but it just turns out that you're not. You're just a. No, I am. It's just I have to think about what I'm doing. And and. I mean, you me need to, to use your imagination and think about the story that's unfolding on your table. I, I, don't, I don't mind that. I don't mind that, but not in an actual game. It sounds like you just want to you just want to like smash abuse people in showers and Jesus Christ. I never went, so that clearly doesn't happen. Just, just I just don't want to get steamrolled. Is it legally bedtime yet? That's close. But no, honestly, in terms of auxiliary objectives, I think that that's the biggest letdown of this GHP. I think this really, shit, yeah, yeah, I hate them. I, I wish they weren't do. there at all. Well, yeah, I totally agree. I think they're. I, I'd rather rip that page out and use it for wrapping paper for a very small present. For someone. How many times? Some sort of auxiliary times, present. Yeah. How many times have we sat here and talked about there being the extra points to play for, there being the extra flavour to the game? Worth anything. It's not, if it's there not. were only, if there were half a dozen of them, I'd be happy with it. The fact that there's 18, it's too much. But the it's too much for new players. Anything. It's too much. It's it's just a stupid amount. It's only like matter it. for the minor on a draw. And they're weird. I wish they weren't weird. Like, I wish they were just like, look, okay, as as well as your missions, you get a point if you kill your opponents generally. You get a point if you kill a thousand points of your enemy's army, and you get a point if there's, you know, there's no enemy units in your deployment or something like that. Just some stuff that like follows slightly naturally from the game and reflects a little bit on how swinging yeah. it was. In a close game, maybe both people lost their general. In a two thousand point stomp, then you got all of them. As opposed to like. You've got to have one hero within three inches of a piece of terrain in your opponent's territory for two turns after turn three. And you're just like, no. No. Yeah. I done. I refuse. Or it's a, as you probably did the same as me, where you just throw a summoned hero on the yeah. board edge yeah. and we just Except, go off the board. And, and the flip side is that also because I know like you tend to churn through them over the events. You you just come in you go into a game where you're like, this happened to me. Twice, I think, at the heat, for example, when you still had the one where it was just automatically make a nine-inch charge. Yeah. If and it was just like if you if you play, you're like, okay, I, what secondaries do I have left? Okay, I'm doing this weird one, and your opponent has like keep a hero with an with an artifact alive, and you're like, okay, well, I'm playing Legion of Grief. He's got a hero that's got three wounds, that's got five wounds on a three-up save on terrain at the back of the board. I'm never I'm getting not it. it. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter. Like, and well, I'm not going to change my list to be able to sometimes get one point off someone with that hero uh, out of 18 secondary objectives. Again, some of them you couldn't stop. The one yeah. you have a unit in every quarter yeah, you could can't happen stop. turn one. And well, if you're against Slanesh or Nighthaunt or anything, yeah. they could just... 40k secondaries, that would be the case. You can't, yeah, you can't stop that in 40k, you're just saying that's really good. Yeah, but it's much more gradated in 40k. But no, it's per turn. turn. Get, but you yeah, count you it at the start of the turn, turn. Uh, Scott. You, Scott, you count it at the start of the turn. So you can't get it turn one. So on turn two, if you're in every quarter, you get a point at the start of your next hero phase. The same with objectives. You don't get them at the end of the turn. A lot of them score at the start of your turn. So you have no, to no, be really. on them for a turn. You've pretty much got to survive yeah. moving on to them yourself and, and then survive and, an opponent's turn. And getting three points per turn in a 90-point game like or a 15-point objective is like a reasonable gradated like counterplayable situation in in aos it's just like it's one or zero like did they do this thing okay you lost that one point which turns into five points maybe in the pack so in 40k you're like oh yeah my like if i'm if i really crush my opponent 
he might not get any points for his secondaries or very few. Whereas in AOS, you can table your opponent and they're still like, or essentially table them and they're still like, yeah, my branch witch is still alive in this wildwood, so I still score the one, which is as many <coughs> secondaries they could have ever scored anyway. That's, again, that's a problem I hate with like the hero missions where you've lost on turn three yeah. or turn two because you can't because you can't go into the objectives because your opponent went a, first. It, that's Actually, yeah. that's that's what I'll take out of AOS three is missions that end immediately at the start of. Oh or, yeah. At some random point during turn three, yeah. when I happen to move a guy onto an objective, that can fuck <laughs> off. No, no, that I... doesn't happen. Scott, Scott, it's a basic mistake. You don't control the objective till the end of the turn. Yeah, but you win. Yeah, but still, the game You control at the end of turn end. two. Yeah. You so, control at the end of turn two. But that's different. But yeah, no, so, then at the start of no, turn in three, their, you control both In their objectives. turn yeah, two, they're like, it's I put the a... people who charge onto it. Halfway mm-hmm. through turn three, and think the game ends. Yeah, well, fine. Well, they do if, they turn, go to their, as long as they're on it at the end of their turn, they've won. Yeah. You don't they, get a reaction. That's the problem with them. Yeah. So well, what you should do you is you should raise turn. a flag at the start of turn three. And if at somebody the end of that turn, you still have two flags. And outnumbers you at the beginning of the charge, at the end of the charge phase, you still get the combat phase to try and remedy yeah, it. Yeah. Well, what am I going to do with the combat phase? I'm going to lose. Come on. Oh, make a gargan for Christ's sake! Do you not? That's why I was thinking the gargan. I was like, is it hero phase for his ability? Because otherwise, he could charge in, yeet the objective behind him, and go. There's nobody holding it anymore. I've won. You can also only kick objectives that uh, you control. By the way, that's poop. And you don't control an objective till the end of the turn. Yeah. So if you get given turn one, you can't even kick your objectives turn one. That's a shame. Yeah. That's kind of lacking because you'd think. Yeah. You get to turn it's one, you get to kick your it. objective forward, so you it's like you're yeah. you're kicking the ball yeah. to start the game. You're just exactly. kicking the ball forward so you can <laughs> kick off the table. Yes. Like you can do it turn one if your opponent has Yeah. Um, but I, I don't see why w- would there be an issue if you controlled objectives in Age of Sigmar at all points? So like there was no point to take control of an objective. It's just if you Well in forty K it's any phase. Yeah, that's what I mean. So why yeah. like I don't know why it's not like that in AOS. It seems like it would make more sense. Like you, like if I have more models under on an objective, I control it. But also, a lot of their abilities are per phase as well. So like, can like plague bearers are minus one tick yeah. for the entire phase rather than uh-huh. in AOS. You look at every time someone attacks them, and if they're below twenty, they lose it. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. That's what's annoying for AOS as well. I I realize it's getting late. Yes. And I think we need to wind up. We have just had another question, but I think we've answered answered it predominantly. But it says thoughts of Sons of Behemoth and Trogs. So I'm going to put this to JP because you're the trog trog man in the group. None of us are trog man or men. (laughs) So what are your thoughts on Sob and Trogs? Um, So uh, for the new trog stuff... Do you sob when you play Trogs? <laughs> for the new Trog stuff, if you're going to play a new full Trog army, you can get low drops and an extra artifact with the new battalion. Retreat and charge and bring in Trogs out of the, um, out of the, what do you call it, out of the Loon Shrine. Both, I think, incentivize you to bring bigger blocks of Trogs. So you can bring like a nine-man block of Rockets Wait, or Felwar. You can Felwar. bring Trogs out of the Loon Shrine. Yeah, half the yes. unit rounded up, come back. Half, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So if you bring a block of nine, it sort of right now got two weaknesses. One, it instantly dies to anything in the game, and two, um, it can get corner tagged and never do anything. So you solve both those problems by one, uh, retreating and charging, so you don't mind getting corner tagged, and two, if it dies, you get five back, which is pretty good. And also in that new thing, uh, the 
dank hold uh, the trog the trogoth hag from forge world she has the fell water keyword so if she dies you can bring half a fell water hag rounded up which is one back out of the loom <laughs> that's sweet that's cool so nice that might get fact but and then um, I think we've already discussed most of the SOB stuff, but uh, yeah, they're super cool. And I want to convert a Mega Guardian into a Mega Trogoth. And if I'm brave enough, I will. Do it. Or if you have the disposal out income. Yeah, yeah. Financially brave enough. Mm. Well, I think on that bombshell, we need to wrap <laughs> things up, otherwise we're here all night. And it's already early morning. And it's three hours. What time is it in the second. <laughs> oh, it's like beyond oh my life yeah it's wednesday it's halloween than it is yesterday i don't know anyway <laughs> you're going to home i am going to home <laughs> but it's been three hours and somebody else has sent us some audio to put in at the end of this section god <laughs> help them <laughs> but yeah if if, if you get to this to point just turn off somebody a code word somebody come up with a code word lia904 element game a safe a, a safe word you mean like, yeah yeah come up with a post, safe post, word post scroll scroll people to twitter to us if they tweet it to us or twitter to us or what the the word is um they can they can get a high five, a virtual high five, COVID tweet, friendly. Tweet Stu's new home. What? <laughs> Chicken <laughs> dog. <laughs> Chicken dog is the word. Chicken dog. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, tweet some shit, and then we know you've got here. <laughs> uh, and, and people, don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel, because when we get 1,000, we oh, can nice. live stream not just <laughs> games and hobby. But this sort of shit. Imagine you live stream this. Imagine <laughs> listen to this podcast for three and a half fucking hours, and then you get. By the way, don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. <laughs> Hit the bell imagine, button, please. Imagine this with pictures, <laughs> moving pictures. Well, no, yeah, they, this is gonna be sleeping on a pillow or something. It's all you're gonna see. It's worth subscribing to the YouTube because Stu's that bad with technology. He's inevitably gonna put up a sex tape or something like that, and we'll be worth it. My trip to World Heritage uh, Japan site. Go to the cat cafe. Is in his Tom Cruise cosplay. This is cyberbullying. I'm, I'm pressing <laughs> stop right now. I can't even stop it because I'm old. <laughs> He's got a bad case of the old hands, I'm afraid. Welcome to Intermission. Yeah, Intermission.
Hello and welcome to the SOS and AOS podcast, graciously hosted by our friends at Northern Invasion. This podcast series is going to kind of be myself, Callum, and hosted with a couple of other friends. Today I've got David on with me. Good evening. Yeah, there we go. And uh, we're just going to talk about how to get into AOS. So just a wee kind of background and why I've decided to kind of do this. AOS community has always been one of my favourites. I've played so many games, uh, so many communities I've been part of, and yet I've never felt more welcomed and more comfortable in the Age of Sigmar community. Problem I've kind of found with it in recent times is getting new players into it. Sometimes I feel everyone's chasing the meta, which, do you know what, it's been a really good thing because everyone's been competitive, but sometimes that can be a wee bit scary for new players trying to get into it. So this podcast is going to try and tone everything back a little bit, really go back to the simples of why we all love Age of Sigmar through lore, through models, and uh, I'm going to take you on a wee journey. David, I think, is going to join me on this journey, just using a couple of start collectings, throwing some really cool models on the board that might not have the synergies that the normal meta would want us to have, but just have a bit more fun. So I'm just going to ask David just to kind of introduce himself a little bit, tell us his roots for getting into the hobby and why he really came over, because funnily enough, me and him started roughly at the same time. So take it away, David. Tell us why you got an AOS, what you love about it. Yeah, cheers, man. Um, so I originally was uh, big into Warhammer uh, fantasy battles when it was uh, still a thing. So the kind of precursor to AOS and um, was kind of quite big into that in the kind of tail end of 8th edition, not uh, the kind of the end times, um, and collected a couple of armies, a few armies, nothing like really taken to um, really like the end, could never quite get a full 2000 point army, I was far too eclectic in my choices, I fancied a bit of this and a bit of that, and then it all kind of ended. It just all came to the, the end of the end times, and then that's obviously when they brought out Age of Sigmar. And I kind of took a wee bit of a, a break from it. Um, me and one of my mates, we tried to play a few kind of Age of Sigmar games with the models that we already had left over from fantasy battles. I wasn't really kind of feeling it. And then really, I think it all started properly for me in terms of AOS when um, second edition came out. Um, and I remember quite clearly that's when there was a good few different armies out by that point. There was some really cool aesthetics aesthetics that I wanted to um, get into. There was loads of really new, good-looking models as well. And also the rules had updated to the point where um, I thought it was a really enjoyable game. Um, and yes, that's when I, I properly kind of got back into it, was now looking at getting full armies and then potentially going to tournaments as well. And... Then that's when I'd spoken to, I managed to kind of travel about a bit and then I met um, Steve at Common Ground Games and he, I think, actually sent me kind of your way and said that you were also looking into that kind of stuff as well. So, um, as you'd already said, we started our foray into AOS pretty much at the exact same time. Yeah, well, it's actually quite funny. We started AOS at the same time and we kind of broke into that Scotland scene with the Six Nations at the same time. So we've been on a very parallel journey for quite some time, even though I'd definitely say you've edged me in the better player for the last wee bit. Oh, you're far, far too kind. Far too kind. Ah. But no, like, so if anybody is proper, proper new into games workshop, what David's talking about in the kind of fantasy, it's now actually getting called, referred to as the old world, and there's some stirrings about it. 
That used to be back in the day when us old timers were playing on square base, square bases, and very kind of linear movement. It didn't have the kind of fluidity that AOS has. I don't know if you can agree with that. Um, yeah, I, I would agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it was a strange, it was a strange transition for Age of Sigmar. The kind of old times or Warhammer Fantasy, whatever you like to call it, was very, very. Every point was a prisoner. Everything had to go into single models and items. Now Age of Sigmar made it a lot easier to get into. It was here, take a nice unit at a hundred points or so. Here, take a nice character, and it was kind of what take an artifact or two. There's none of this. My my favourite one was the High Elf Lord who had a banner that means he could only be hurt by magic and then he would take a cloak that means he was ethereal so he couldn't actually be hurt by magic. So all of a sudden you had an invincible High Elf Lord running around the table. I mean, what's, what's not fun about that? I don't know. But yeah, so a wee bit about myself, kind of like David was saying, I played uh, the old times or the old world Warhammer Fantasy Battles for a wee while. Uh, I started playing a lot of 40k. I've always liked kind of tournament scenes more for just playing new people. As much as I love the guys that play around me, it's just always interesting to play people from different places. They always have a different play style. You get to see a lot more different armies. And as I've currently started finding out that Age of Sigmar just has a lot of alcoholics and we all love to go out, get some scran and have a drink on a Saturday night of a tournament, which has been really strong for them. They're looking for that kind of social aspect of gaming, but also I've made some of my best pals through gaming throughout the kind of years, which has been really, really positive for me in that sense. But let's talk a wee bit about more Age of Sigmar then. So I think... Yeah, that just to kind of hark on what you were saying there. Yeah, I was just going to basically um, just mirror what you were saying there in terms of the the kind of social side of things and just the just the general fun side of things as well. Um, I the only other thing that I've ever played at a tournament level in terms of like tabletop gaming was um, I played some X Wing, and that was a really fun game. But I'd found, I mean, the the kind of scene that you would go, you would rock up. You would play your games and then you would leave. Like that was that was just kind of it. Um, and you might go with a pal that you're already knew and go and don't get me wrong, I've, I've met a few pals through playing that as well. But there wasn't there wasn't like an established thing where you would go and then it's like right we're going out the night for some drinks and then and then like you know for day two or whatever. But it was I've definitely found the social side um, of AOS, especially just in the Scottish scene. Um, yeah, it's just everyone's really friendly with each other. Um, and we'll all make an effort to to go and play your games, but then also go out and enjoy yourself as well. Because at the end of the day, you spend a lot of time, money, and effort into this hobby. Um, and yeah, chucking dice is like the best thing in the world, like hands down. Um, but it's also great to just go out and then um, spend time and socialise with our kind of like-minded folk as well. Um, so yeah, I've loved that in terms of the. Uh, the, the scene um, much like yourself and it also helps that you've got you know yourself with links to Brewdog and able to get his discounts on drinks and really good tables there and stuff like that as well um, and then having other people um, in and around the, the, the scene because um, most of the time they go to Stirling so um, having folk around about there as well that um, that know the best places to go and that so yeah it's, uh, it's been a really fun experience so far yeah well I still 
kind of take semi-blame for turning Stu, our gracious host of Northern Invasion Podcast, and an alcoholic. Did you know he stole my staff uh, employee card and throughout lockdown where he wore a mask and used my staff discount with my card he didn't give me back for nearly a year? I mean, I'm also going to challenge the fact, I've challenged that statement that you turned him into an alcoholic. Well, yeah, he is a lot older than me, so he's probably an alky before I got there. But disclosure, Stu's not an alcoholic, he just loves a punk IPA. <laughs> but, aye. So let, let's talk a wee bit about our scene. And like, so I was talking about people chasing the Met and how you kind of seen a lot of people... All the podcasts were talking about, oh, well, you need to take this to be efficient. And then all the things you've seen online was, oh, you need to take 30 salamanders. You need to take kale shooting. You need to take this and that. Nobody was talking about, well, do you know what? I want to throw a star drake in the table. Why? Because it's bloody massive and it's so cool. And there wasn't that chat. So uh, if people do want to look at it, look at JP's list box. He was really positive in the sense of given that people who played armies more won more. So it wasn't just about having that meta list. And he, he rightly said, so if you want to start with a meta list, go online, look at it, build it, fair enough. But you will be better buying an army you like the look of, playing lots of games with it and doing well. And the, the link I can give to that was when I played my Gloomscape Gits. They were a very good kind of mediocre army they were quite hard to play and the first five or six games I played with them I got trounced because I didn't know what I was doing there was a lot of moving parts and they kind of fell down the tiers but they still stayed pretty strong and it was just all about learning and playing and even the meta lists that are out there the one I can think of is your ogre maw tribes if you commit your models at the wrong time it's still death so it's just encouraging people to play with what they like the look of get the hang of it and you will see that progression with the army so david tell us some of the armies that you've kind of done in the past what what drew you to them and why did you enjoy playing them or what did you not enjoy about playing them um well i definitely enjoy playing against your gets that nobody did unfortunately i was appointing them just the, i mean on i think i've played i played them a good few times and they smashed me every single time um but um yeah we'll not, not get into that um but the so the, the first army that actually took my fancy um, and got me into Age of Sigmar, or the one that I chose, it, this is the one that I'm going to pick um, to take me into it properly, was uh, Andros. Um, and uh, I think one of the main reasons for that was um, they were one of the ones that kind of got the newer models, you know, the likes of your Brutes and your Maw Crusher, and they just look absolutely amazing. Um, and I really liked the kind of just the, the aesthetic of them. Um and you know, rules wise they were they were pretty good as well. So I got into them. But um as is my want, I lose interest in armies quite quickly. Um I'm definitely not the best at this. There are some other people out there that I think only have armies for about a week before they then sell them. Um but um so losing interest just because you're like oh I see some other models like or is it losing interest just because playing the same kind of style was boring what, what was kind of making you lose interest or is it just a case of you're a bit like me and it's like oh I need to spend money I mean yeah there is definitely an element of that you know if I've got money it's you know that I think it's, it's burning a hole in my pocket and I'm always thinking about the um oh god what can I get what can I get now um and any if I've got any sort of disposable income 
I will usually always value that and how many wee plastic men can I get can I get for that? You know? Um but I think that the the main reason I kind of lose kind of lost interest was it was looking at other things. It was maybe looking at different styles, different play styles as well. And obviously Iron Jaws, they were all in and the one thing was a combat phase, you know. There wasn't really there was no shooting. There was yeah, there was some magic, but there was very little of that. And you were just you were very much a one kind of dimensional army. And it was basically just run up the table and then you charge. And if you win the fight, you win. If you don't win the fight, then you lose. And that was pretty much it. Um, and I think also, I think just it was the it was the low number of kits that you were getting with that as well. Because um, you're talking, you what, you've got Ard Boys, you've got the Gold Grunters, you've got the Brutes, that's your kind of foot troops. And then you've got, obviously, the, the, the few kind of hero kits. Um, and that was it. And then it was actually the next army that really that really kind of took me into Age of Sigma properly and then also into the tournament scene was um, Stormcast. Um, and I know that seems quite kind of opposite because I just said I didn't enjoy playing a one-dimensional army and then I go in and play Shootcast. But but initially, that wasn't it actually what, what happened. I had a kind of a, a mixture of some close combat, some magic, and then some shooting. And I enjoyed being able to have play in each of the phases. They weren't amazing at each of the phases. It was kind of like a, a, a jack-of-all-trades. But the thing that I just really loved for that was when the... the um, oh, Christ, I can't even remember the name of the chamber. The the magic chamber came out. Um, Is that the Celestial... No, Christ. Anyway, um. They they came out with the kind of the new unveiling of, of second edition, um, and they had the starter box with the uh, with Nighthorn, um, and the thing that really grabbed me with them was just again I loved the look of the kind of um, war priest or the kind of like the war wizard the war mage vibe that they were getting because you had the sequiturs and you had the evocators, um, evocators were wizards as well as like a, a big unit as well, um, you had the Celestar ballista which was you know like I think that was one of the, the first proper like war machines that had or one of the newest ones that that, that was ever released for Sigmar, um, just really cool looking heroes as well like the Lord Arcanum on um, on the Griff Charger just looked so nice. And again, the, one of the main draws for me in terms of mm, what armies do I want to collect is they need to be cost effective for me. Um, you know, I don't regularly spend hundreds and hundreds of pounds on individual armies. Um, I like to make sure that it's it's points efficient and it's also um, cost efficient as well. Um, and the great thing with that was it was part of a it was part of the one of the new. Um, big boxes that come out and you always get great discounts for that um so you could either buy the whole box and sell off the night hot and bits or you could just find a, a seller on ebay that was just selling the stormcast half for say like 50 quid you buy two of those you only spend 100 quid but that's you know you've got like potentially over like a thousand points and then you just fill out with the rest a few wee kits and stuff like that and i think my first army the outlay for that was something like i don't know 100 maybe like 150 maybe 160 pounds like all in and for me i was just like awesome cool like i feel like i've spent um uh, a decent amount but not too much in terms of budget and i've got a fully functioning army here and i like the look of it they were quite easy to paint as well and i just kind of went for it and i also like the the, the lore behind them sacrosanct chamber there we go sacrosanct <laughs> you've been googling that in the background 
Or, or, I swear to God, I have not That was that was that just came from the recesses of my brain. But yeah, um, that that was what kind of kind of grabbed me um, and took me into Age of Sigma proper. And in fact, I actually sold you my Iron Jaws, did I not? And got some Stormcast off you as well. Yeah, you uh, you gave me some because again, going back to that cost efficient one, I actually believe I started my Age of Sigmar with two Iron Jaws start collecting boxes. Mm-hmm. One war chant or kind of it was a special edition box. It was one war chant or ten brutes, and a maw crusher, and that 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 was my army. And it was actually based off Team Scotland uh, captain at the time, Mike Callahan's. It was a very point and click. It was great fun because it was all eggs in one basket. As I'm going to smash you off the table, or I'm going to die trying. And it was a really fun way for me to get in the Age of Sigmar because who doesn't love big green orcs covered in armor, riding battle cabbages as we've called them, which are little dragons. Yeah, the, the the cabbages are just amazing. Yeah, well, you touched on some good points, because when people first look into Games Workshop and Age of Sigmar, the money can really put them off, but you, you make a good point that there is armies out there that you can still have a lot of great fun with and just add slowly over time. Don't have to go right in spending hundreds of pounds like sometimes people see flip-flopping to chase the meta. Again, I'll go back to what I was saying earlier. If you're wanting to get into Age of Sigmar, one of the key things is just playing, learning your army and enjoying it. Uh, but yeah, the the buy-in can look scary sometimes, but a couple of start collecting boxes can see you really learn the mechanics of an army. And uh, that, that kind of will lead us on quite nicely to what, well... What's your start collecting army? What are you fancying for trying this little campaign to encourage people just to start a base army using mainly start collecting models? Um, well, unfortunately, I've not I've not actually narrowed mine down to just one. Because <laughs> <laughs> this is what I do. My brain just goes in overdrive and then I end up making about a bajillion lists. Um, and the basis of all which of them was one was either one or two of some in one case three start collecting boxes, um, and then maybe a couple of other potential kits. I'll, I'll work out a list that I like from the books, you know, um, something that I think would actually still have some decent play um, um, in the current meta, and then I'll then that's I'll just price point everything. So I'll be like, okay, what's the overall cost of this army? Um, you know, what's my outlay going to be? And right now I'm kind of working off of a budget. Of I'm not wanting to spend any more than two hundred pounds, and that's that's pretty much it. And I've just all based off of that, and based off of start collecting kits, I've thought up at least four um, different lists that I'd quite fancy getting that all come in quite nicely in that kind of price point. Um, so I'm, I'm not going to like hundreds of detail on that, but the the four armies that I'm looking at are um, Slave to Darkness. Um, they've got a crack and start collecting box because it, it brought out it's got the new um, warriors and the new knights sculpts yeah they they are absolutely fantastic and I oh, think that. the only downfall from GW is that is making them push to fit easy click so it means if you get a couple of those start collecting boxes you've got all models identical whereas the yeah. best thing about normal GW is you get to pose guys you get to alter them a little bit and you make them all look a little bit more individual but I love that box I think that box is absolutely banging to start with a hundred percent, yeah. And it was the um, I, I was around, um, well, I was playing some wee, wee tiny fantasy battles when the the first sculpts for the Chaos Warriors came out, um, and that kind of um, not the, probably not the first story. The kind of well, the the sculpt that is before the current new one right now, and you'll still see them um, on a lots of tables right now. 
because they were decent looking sculpt. They were again they were quite monopose themselves. They were quite blocky, but because they were designed to fit uh, rank upon rank in those you know those square trays in, in Fantasy Battle. Um, but they were so cool when they when they came out. And then now the fact they've got like a lot more movement to them. They look just really chunky, and you just you gotta love those fur cloaks, the horned helmets, the thick armor. Um, they just look absolutely badass. And in the knights themselves, they they look properly the right size now. I always found the older ones just a wee bit weedy, a wee bit a wee bit on the short side. But these ones, they actually have quite imposing look to them. And uh, then the new hero, the guy, the Lord on Karkadrak, so cool. Like who doesn't want a Chaos Lord riding a big massive Chaos Lizard? Like awesome oh that's uh, really cool that the because you started all there talking about your money and your lists and stuff but at the end of the day it does sound like you've kind of came down to the rule of cool that i always go on about you've really you thought about the models you want to build you want to paint and you've definitely had that at the forefront of your decision by the sounds of the talking about the slice to darkness oh, definitely. yeah because i can't again you can't just if it was always just what's the cheapest army but no it has to it has to look cool and you have to have a love and a want to build the models and paint the models because this isn't just a game you pick up and play this is a game that you're going to spend hours and hours and hours building these guys painting these guys obviously to whatever standard that you want you know if you just want to get the battle ready um so they can get on the table or if you want to put a lot more time and effort into them and you know try and hone your painting skills but in the, the day it's like a it's it's got so many different facets to the hobby you're going to need to enjoy you know painting these guys and working with them as well um so the fact that the sculpts look awesome are, are great for those um so yeah so I'm, i was thinking slaves of darkness um mainly focusing on the spoilers um which right now in the current kind of shooting meta is going to be pretty big the fact that you can just uh, make terrain you just cannot see through it so that's going to be quite nice and you'll know about that because i think you played about the spoilers yourself as well i remember facing that um I was about to say, you you forgetting what I did to you with your big silly OBR piece of terrain in the middle of the board, meant that's well, mine now, you can't see through it. I was going to say, mate, like, at the start <laughs> when, you, when you were like, when you were saying that you think that I've maybe uh, picked the post in terms of, of gaming, but honestly, mate, like, every time I played you, you've absolutely smashed me. Like, either whether it was with Gits or whether it was um, with, uh, with your Nurgle and my guys just killed themselves on you because every time they rolled a six to win, they did mortal wounds back. Oh, that was that plague touch war ban was an absolute nightmare. Um, but yeah, I'm not gonna lie, with your shoot cast, that one time your ballistas out of the four games I think we played, your ballistas whiffed every time, but that one time they went off, it was devastating. Yeah, so swing. See when when they when they work, they they work absolutely um, damn well. Um, but yeah, that that kind of style of list, um, that. It appeals to me, and again, the the fact that they are uh, cost-effective models, you know, a couple of start collector boxes, and then just a few other kits. There's some really nice conversion opportunities within slaves as well. Um, you know, you're seeing people that are buying the one of the warcry models, that Ogroid uh, Mormadon, um, and then converting him into a demon prince, or using him as uh, Belakor as well. Um, is just that looks absolutely boss. Um, War cry models. Oh, if I had to spare money, I would make them all just little cultist guys. They are oh, absolutely stunning, but they are designed to have one unit of ten, so that's why they're thirty quid. But those models are beautiful. They are, yeah, they're really really nice. Um, so again, yeah, and again, if you go into anything chaos, chaosy, that just opens the door to so many other opportunities because you can have, you know, now you're seeing mixed chaos demons lists with the fact you've got Wrath of the Ever Chosen book. Um, 
you can then go into Nurgle um, and like specialise in them. You could potentially sort of go into Zinch or Corn as well, Orslanesh, um, or you can just keep it as slaves and, and kind of get try and cherry pick and get the best of all the worlds as well. So it's a really it's obviously it's a really good faction, but it all intertwines and works really well with one another as well. Um, right. So yeah, so that's one of the ideas. Um, and then the the other ones I was kind of looking at was um, Seraphon. Um, but Who not looking at Seraphon. That's the big dinos, laser dinos. Uh, but not your croak and you know a bajillion skinks and not your bajillion salamanders and stuff like that. Um, mainly, I'd be focusing on the Saurus side of things. Um, and again, that's great because they start collecting box for Seraphon. There's two. There's actually start collecting skinks. Which again also is a really nice box. I was looking into that as well, where you get some skinks and you also get the big Mastilodon, um, which is such a still such a nice model. Um, but we be mainly looking at the Star Collecting Seraphon, which gets you the big Carnosaur. Like, who doesn't want a massive like T Rex rocking around the, the table? Um, it gets you Saurus Warriors and it gets you Saurus Knights. Um, the only downside I would say with that um, is not particularly a huge fan of the current Saurus sculpts. Um, they do look a bit derpy um, in comparison to a lot of the artwork stuff. You know, your Saurus warriors are supposed to be big predators, uh, like, you know, hulking, muscle-bound, chunky. But these guys, they kind of look a bit thin and a bit weedly and just a bit, meh. So, I get what you're yeah. saying when you look at their characters. Some of their characters, like our big chunky guys standing up straight, they remind me of 40k orc boys, really hunched over, like a really small, that kind of weedy compared to like what you're saying. The artwork makes them as big dinos, but they are, they're just little lizards. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's the thing. But I mean, I always had a bit of a soft spot for Seraphon, that was one of the first armies that I got at least a thousand points of in Warhammer Fantasy. I think it was about 14. Um, I went into GW and they did these wee after school kind of like mini tournaments, like these little slow grows um, to try and help get kids into the game and kind of enjoy himself for that. So um, I had Seraphon for that and I really enjoyed it. I mean, just the whole aesthetic of these kind of lizard men being quite um, kind of primitive, but then also having such kind of like cosmic power and also, you know, being just kind of the ultimate good guys, hating chaos, just wanting to wipe chaos out and stuff like that is, is really quite... Um, really quite cool and you just get some awesome models I mean who doesn't love dinosaurs um, so yes that's one of the other ideas and then the last one I'm going to speak about um, is um, Maw Tribes um, and that's another potential for me um, again Maw Tribes have got a good um, I think they've got a good amount of power right now um, and you know you get to chuck about big stone horns um, which are just beasts um, can really put the, the damage out, can also be quite resilient in their own right as well, you know, three up save with a five up um, shrug after save as well, which is quite nice. And also the start collecting box is just, is, is just insane, like cost efficiency, value for money. You get so much for so little um, price point um, and those start collecting boxes, obviously, if you want to go down the the um, the kind of beast claw route, uh, the kind of boulder head um, route as well um, and you can I mean I've, I've worked it out already it's three start collecting boxes that's just that's 2k on the nose that's only going to cost you what with a can and 30 and 40 quid depending on what kind of discounts you get um, so that for me is just amazing and you also get it, it suits me as well because I quite like a 
are, are not, I, I don't like hundreds of bodies, lots of bodies and armies, I, I prefer kind of elites and also kind of bigger monsters as well. Um, it's less pressure to paint them, you've got less, you can put a bit more time and effort into these bigger kind of centrepiece models as well and they're also way more way less sorry to think about on the table you're only pushing around a few models then you know there's potentially less chance of you making a mistake rather than lots of different bodies around so yeah so that's that's what i'm thinking what about you man i'll, I'll shut up for a bit what about what are you thinking no i'm just i'm just loving the fact so ending you in obviously david's trying to get his balance of he knows what he likes to play he he has a basic understanding a basic he's got more than a basic understanding on how to play the game so he he's trying to get his list kind of around that what he likes and then what he feels good on the table and there's always that kind of balance and i'm going to try and cover in the blog kind of basic play styles uh Obviously, like order and chaos are actually quite balanced. You can get a wee bit of most. Order right now tends to swing a little bit to shooting, but they definitely have armies that are great in combat, like your Daughters of Cain. And in chaos, they're kind of more combat based. You get some magic and shooting through yours each. Destruction is in the name. They've got one kind of really good shooting list with your kind of uh, bone splitters, but then the rest is we're coming for you. Death, Death's got a good bit of magic and a bit of summoning and some amazing models. So each faction's got some cool lore and kind of cool playstyles behind them, which you can find online. But for me, I've went way out the box. I've went absolutely against the grain and I've picked up an army fully, fully based on what hobby I want to do, try and get my mojo back. So I've been playing Carriage on Overlords, which is move ships about and shoot and almost play 40k. So I have gone for Stormcast Vanguards, which uh, I know the rules on the table aren't the best and you can do them in a certain way to make them good. But I just I love the models and the start collecting with your hunters, with your Vanguard Paladors. Uh, I've managed to pick up half of a Blight War, which again had the Nerv Blackheart, I believe her name is. Absolutely stunning model. She's got two axes in her hand, completely badass. And I'm just like... Yeah, they, I might not win many games, but I'm kind of go along the, the lines of what JP and his list bots were saying was the more games I can get in with them, the more I can understand them and then hopefully get a couple of wins with them at a tournament. But yeah, this is a major hobby project for me and really try to get back to my roots of just push some armies around and have a lot of fun. And right now I feel bad sometimes because Carajons are... They are a good fun army and there's ways to beat them, but they are kind of very, well, it's my shooting phase I'm going to take some amount of times. It's not always fun for my opponent and I can see that. So from a competitive standpoint, I'm like, I don't care. I'm here to be competitive. But from a fun point and try to grow the community and stuff, which I'm trying to do now, I really want to push a couple of vanguards around, have some nice models because... I think you can be the same as me. There is nothing better when you put your army down and you get to see someone's beautifully painted models across from you. It gives you a really nice aesthetic. Like playing Mark's um, Nurgle at the weekend. I know he's done a lot of contrast, but he's put a lot of time in them. They were beautiful on the table. And there's a yeah. lot of other beautiful ones. Like Mike Callahan's uh, Ice Dwarfs were just phenomenal just to look at on the board. And it is. It's really nice. And everyone's at different painting levels. But it is nice when you can see someone's definitely got a lot of love for their project and they put them on the table. And that's that's my plan for my Vanguard. I've, I've lacked that in a wee while, so I've really went for models I love. Yeah, man. If, oh. if, if there's one thing to help you get your mojo back, it's putting down models that you, that you love. Yeah, 100%. That you 
find really enjoyable. Um, the look of them, um, sometimes just even you know the playstyle of them, what they can do on the board as well, can just make you, um, yeah, can really get the juices flowing. Definitely, man. Right. So yeah, today today was a is a shorter episode than some others might be. It was just to kind of give you a wee taster of some things we may talk about in the coming weeks. I'll probably get David back on again the next time we do one. But yeah, I hope you've kind of got a basic understanding of the kind of ins and outs of Age of Sigmar. Maybe how to pick an army. Doing a little blog that will kind of point you in the direction of some amazing information where you can find about the lore because I highly recommend it because some of the books and stuff I've read in the past just reading them I'm like oh what I could do these guys they're badass please be aware they're not always the exact same on the table as they are in the books but it does it gives you a lot of kind of mojo to go paint them and build them and MD if it's got any questions at all like I honestly can't stress enough how good the guys in the Age of Sigmar community are especially like your Stu West and stuff from the Northern Invasion Postcard, your Scott Smith. These guys are fantastic. They're a wealth of knowledge and they're always open to getting new gamers in. Same with myself, same with David. Andy wants to drop us a message on the kind of message board in Northern Invasion or if you find my blog, which I'll, I'll link down at the bottom, send us a message. Some things we're going to probably talk about next time is just play styles of armies. Because at the end of the day, it is great having models you love on the board. But if you're a guy that wants to run about and smash things, Nagash isn't going to be your your perfect person because he is one of the coolest models in the game. But he casts a lot of spells and stays at the back of the board and plays very, very tactically. If you want to run up, smash people, you want to play Orcs. And we'll, we'll talk about that a bit that next week. But yeah, the, it's a... Fantastic to have you all along in this journey. I really hope at the end of this we get some new people involved in the scene. doesn't matter what scene that is, if it's up here in Scotland with us, down in England, Wales, anywhere else in the world that people are listening to. We just hope we can get you out there, our paths cross at some point, and uh, everyone maybe who is already playing us just kind of remembers to go back to their roots, remember why we're playing the game, uh, and just have fun. But yeah, that's a goodbye from me for the now. And it's a goodbye for me as well. Thanks for having me on, man. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for being on, but you're already roped into next week. But hi. Sounds good to me, bro. I love just chatting. Right. Thank you, all. Bye-bye. Yeah, see you later, man. Bet your eyes, girl, be otherworldly. Count your blessings, seduce a stranger. What's so wrong with